Hello. Well, my new book, 12 Rules for Leaders, The Foundation for Intentional Leadership, with contributions from Bradley Madigan, is out now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else you buy books. In this book, I address the 12 leadership areas that I have found leaders need to be the most intentional in to be the type of leader followers actually want to follow. From establishing a foundation of leading teams through managing conflict effectively, all the way through leading teams through change, knowing what to do and why to do it can help readers like you become better leaders in the real. 12 Rules for Leaders is a written continuation of the work I've been practically doing, leveraging the leadership training and development products and services of Leadership Toolbox all the way to leading keys. 12 Rules for Leaders represents a distillation of practical lessons I've learned, absorbed, and transmitted from training and developing 15,000 managers and supervisors over the last 10 years. Reading 12 Rules for Leaders and living it is like getting coaching from me directly without having to pay my full coaching rate. Look, this is a book written for all those leaders, some who call themselves managers and supervisors, who believe that their daily leadership decisions don't matter, or that their hard-won leadership positions are too innocuous and meaningless to matter much in the chaotic world of the now. 12 Rules for Leaders is the confirmation you are looking for that you are the leader for exactly the historical moment happening right now. Head on over to leadershiptoolbox.us and scroll down the homepage. Click on the Buy Now button and purchase in hardcover, paperback, and Kindle format on Amazon 12 Rules for Leaders, the Foundation for Intentional Leadership. And that's it for me. Out. Hello. My name is Hassan Sorrells, and this is the Leadership Lessons from the Great Books podcast, episode number 24, with my guest today, live streaming on YouTube. So if you're subscribing to the YouTube channel, you will be able to see this. And if you're not, you'll be able to watch the video afterward. Josh Poland. Hi, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing good, brother. How are you doing? Good. So uh, this is going to be an excellent little episode that we are going to have. It is going to be it's going to be amazing. <laughs> we're going to talk about all kinds of different things um, on the podcast today. Uh, we're going to cover our great book, which I'm going to show you all a picture of, uh, the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, by the late and definitely great Bruce Lee. Reading from the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. Uh, a little bit from the uh, from the introduction, from the first initial pages, pages ten and eleven in the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, and I quote directly from, as I said, the late great Bruce Lee: "Art is never decoration, embellishment. Instead, it is a work of enlightenment. Art, in other words, is a technique for acquiring liberty." Art calls for complete mastery of techniques developed by reflection within the soul. Artless art is the artistic process within the artist, meaning it is the art of the soul. It is all various moves of all tools means a step on the way to the absolute aesthetic world 
of the soul. Creation in art is the psychic unfolding of the personality, which is rooted in the nothing. Its effect is a deepening of the personal dimension of the soul. All vague notions must fall before a pupil can call himself a master. Artistic skill, therefore, does not mean artistic perfection. It remains rather a continuing medium or reflection of some step in psychic development, the perfection of which is not to be found in shape and form, but must radiate from the human soul. It is in the artistic process, therefore, that is reality, and reality is truth. The path to truth, seeking after truth, awareness of truth and its existence, perception of truth, its substance and direction, like the perception of movement, understanding of truth, a first-rate philosopher, philosopher practices it to understand it, the Tao, not to be fragmented, but to see the totality, Experiencing of truth, mastering of truth, forgetting truth, forgetting the carrier of truth, return to the primal source where truth has its roots, and repose in the nothing. For security, the unlimited living is turned into something dead, a chosen pattern that limits. To understand Jeet Kune Do, one ought to throw away all ideals, patterns, styles. In fact, he should throw away even the concepts of what is or isn't ideal in Jeet Kune Do. Can you look at a situation without naming it? Naming it, making it a word, causes fear. What can be said about Bruce Lee? And we're going to say a lot more about Bruce Lee today. But what can be said about Bruce Lee that hasn't already been said before, right? Uh, from Quentin Tarantino to Jet Li. The shadow of Bruce Lee over the martial arts over the martial practices from Hollywood to a Buddhist monk's retreat in Western China is just now beginning to fade at the beginning part of the 21st century. But it's not all quite gone out of the water just yet. We read Miyamoto Musashi's A Book of Five Rings in a previous episode this month. Go check that out. It's a big four-hour monster. You're going to want to listen to that. And uh, Bruce Lee's writing and what we're doing here at the end of this month represents a nice little bookend to Musashi's deliberative, practical, philosophical thought process on the intersections between combat, life, and leadership. Lee was a thinker, a fighter, an entrepreneur, a film producer, and I almost never use this word, an iconoclast due to his unfortunate and untimely death at the age of 32. You can read his biography on Wikipedia if you want the list of famous people he trained, influenced, and impacted. And for my money, his best film was, of course, and I believe Josh agrees with this, his best film was, of course, Enter the Dragon. As a thinker, however, his work is either overlooked in America because due to us in the West really liking compartmentalization, we can only really put the man in one or maybe two boxes. Or, counterintuitively, his work is overvalued in the West, because due to his untimely death, we tend to idolize people who would, over a long enough time frame, be eventually revealed to have feet of clay. But his book, The Tao of Jeet Kune Do, an eclectic collection of journal writings, thoughts, aphorisms, and philosophical musings that set the basis not for a way to fight someone, but instead created a basis for a way to think about how to fight someone, is often overlooked and misunderstood. And so today on the podcast, today on the live stream, and when you're watching this later on the video, 
we are going to break down Bruce Lee's The Tao of Jeet Kune Do and place it in the context of jiu-jitsu, lived combat, leadership, and life. And I can't think of a better person to do this with today than a Marine combat veteran, uh, business owner, an instructor, and practitioner of Kyukido and Jiu-Jitsu, and my personal instructor, Josh Poland. Welcome to the podcast, Josh. Ah, this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna kinda <clears throat> we're gonna take another bite at the apple on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're gonna take another bite at the apple on this one. So um this time we didn't have a lot of technical difficulties like we did last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Exactly. Yeah, with portions of this program. Please stand by. Uh, <laughs> so um let's um let's do this. I kind of gave you an introduction there. Uh, why don't you explain to the folks sort of who you are, what you do? Talk to us a little bit about Poland's MMA and a little bit about your background in the um, in the United States Marine Corps, for which you are repping over your shoulder and everywhere else on your body, and uh, <laughs> you know, direct from your house in your bedroom. Uh, so, just uh, talk to us a little bit about sort of how you got to where you are and your your path here, and, and how Bruce Lee has impacted you. Well, you know, every, everywhere you start, it goes into a, uh, a beginning phase, like, right. So like for me, I started when I was really young, I started at four and, uh, what really actually started me in martial arts was I was in, I was in the living room. Right. And I was mimicking and copying the mighty Morphin power Rangers and, and, uh, you know, and Ninja turtles and just going, ah, yeah breaking crap and you know just going through the process and my dad he goes there and goes okay well, let's uh, he, he why not why right exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> why not so i started uh, i actually started at four years old in shotokan karate and then uh down in arlington texas we moved to where we currently reside now in granberry when i was six so i got a little up there and then uh there wasn't at the time any Shotokan karate. There still is no Shotokan here in Granbury. Uh, there's Yoshikai, but there's, um, if y'all know anything about karate, there's over 36 styles in karate, which is not the same. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely an unequality of, uh, which is a kind of a undivided word to use an unequality and the differences in, in the Japanese arts when it comes to actually comes to karate itself, especially Shotokan. Um, uh, so going into that, you know, I started martial arts and then, uh, kind of went down a little fast face. I got my black belt and I picked up uh, Taekwondo, which, mm-hmm. um, I got my first three black belt in Taekwondo when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And then 2006, when I picked up Kikido and I transitioned over as a black belt in Kikido from there, I met Grandmaster Yun Kim. Uh, my my current instructor before then was Grandmaster Minmu who Minmu her, uh, so uh, bef- definitely both were uh, um, colorful. Uh, one was more colorful than the other, and one had a little bit more of a personality than the other one did. So um, uh, one had a better one had a, at least a better uh, language barrier because they're both Koreans. So mm-hmm. one was had been around for a little bit, and versus one hadn't. So <laughs> <laughs> so you're like meh. All right. But uh, yeah, so for right there, uh, I started diving in to different martial arts 
And kind of what we what we were talking about, talking about Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee's philosophy goes into where it's an open flow mindset right. where you don't become single minded in anything that you do. Right. And so with that being said, we look into the process of I look at it towards, like, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be doing a lot of different styles, which I, at, the, at this point, you know, I've already started into diving in a, a hugely into different martial arts. When I was 10, mm-hmm. uh, I started doing a Kenjitsu, Kung Fu, Aikido, uh, which I wasn't a big, really big fan of Aikido uh, for numerous reasons. Um, it, it just didn't fit my my format because I was doing anything between American kickboxing and Thai boxing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh just a little little bit of form into it. And then the instructor at the time, he moved. And then yep. there wasn't any Thai boxing around. He's actually in the area at this at the time. He didn't know where he went. Um, so he's still around, but he doesn't own a school. He he just does his own thing now um, when it comes to jujitsu itself. High level, high level caliber black belt in jujitsu. Okay. Um, and then uh, now the the next piece about the puzzle at you know 18 i i enlisted in the united states marine corps and that was oh so i was from 2008 of august 2008 to august 2012 mm-hmm. and at that point i did i was infantry i was 0311 and for our unit you were um you really went into the process of being cross-trained so you had to be cross-trained in every single element and a lot of people gave a bad rep to to grunts so like grunts are stupid meat uh you know meat wagons or whatever bullet sponges where derogatory stupidity words you want to use and it's like yeah well you know and going through that process and um that goes multiple different uh styles uh styles of like in you know, different jobs so you had a regular infantryman you had the assault men you had the mortarman you had the machine gunner i was preferably cross-trained as a machine gunner yep. in between the uh, heavy you know light medium heavyweight uh heavyweight heavy uh <laughs> 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 might, might as well the the, the modus was definitely a, a big bertha it's, it's it's not uh, that's not a tiny weapon no <laughs> no it's a, it's a heavy heavy birth heavy bertha heavy bertha um going into that so did two combat tours one was a summer deployment one was a uh winter deployment one was more concussed uh uh than the other uh mm-hmm. summertime was more along the lines of that was uh the the fighting season mm-hmm. for the taliban and then when i explained to people when i asked me because you know you get the television if, if you killed anybody if you've done this if you've done that like well you know the, the, my favorite way of explaining to people was is that you know you know you never asked someone if they killed somebody. However, I played some wicked laser tag uh, in the sandbox. You know, we play some wicked laser tag. Tag, you're it. <laughs> Here, hold this. Yeah. Hold this, <laughs> hold this for me while for I, me. I'm, I'm over here. <laughs> right. Down the road a little bit. Um, but yeah, so just, just going into that. So I got out of the Marine Corps in 2012. And just like everybody else, you know, when you first get out, they, 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 they do the best that they can, uh, which really is this death by PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Anyone that gets out of the military, they know is this death by PowerPoint. It's like, all right, don't kill anyone when you get out of the military. Right. Don't beat your wife. Don't do this. And they do a certain of jobs. I remember going through there. It was just weeks upon weeks of just different job applications. They went anywhere between, 
which was really interesting because he went anywhere in between how to be a truck driver, mm-hmm. which really threw me off. Honestly, like, oh, you want be to be truck? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and you, had, you know, you had uh, different opportunities for like medical field, uh, law enforcement, you know, but it was primarily in because I was in California. So it was primarily in the, in the California state yeah. uh, as a whole. Uh, which no, no, thanks. Um, and at that point as well, then you had the private con, uh, the PMCs, the yeah. private contractors. So they were, um, they were there too. They like, Hey, Hey, you, you want to, you want to go back overseas, play some laser tag. Hey, right. right, right. You want to, you want to, uh, keep, uh, yeah. <laughs> Halliburton came knocking at your door <laughs> and said, how would you like to come work for us? <laughs> You know, so it was a lot of different ones there too. So, uh, you know, that at, at that point is like, mm, no, good. Yeah. Uh, I did have a, a, a thought of re-enlisting and then personal thoughts came up into it and my own uh, survivor's guilt and everything else. Is like, no, I'm, I'm good. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and get out. So I did, I did, I asked in August 17th of 2012 and, uh, <laughs> I remember just like everyone else was, I, I got into work for me personally. I was actually in a full-time gig mm-hmm. date and my third day of being out I was working for, for a sign company. Mm-hmm. And so down here and over in the new TCU stadium, I was a part of mm-hmm. that construction crew of getting the signs up to build and everything else. Yeah. Uh, but a month later I was released, uh, not because I did anything bad. It was because they're kind of find out they actually really couldn't afford me. And, and I was actually overdoing their books. And I was like, uh, where's my paycheck at least? And I was like, here's your check. I was like, okay, cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least they were sincere about that, giving my paycheck. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's like, nice. what, do you, what do you do when you have a paycheck, but you have no work? Like, what do you do with that? Yeah. That's what's like, mm, put it in savings. Yeah. Or that that just goes to a, to a not promoting alcohol or anything like that. That's kind no, of no. where it went, you know, right. and it's, 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 it's what the, it's what, listen, listen, all you kids out there, um, adults do have this fund and you will have one maybe when you are an adult, if that's a particular direction you want to go down in your life. Uh, you don't have to, there's an entire generation of people who have chosen to not do that, which is very interesting to me. Uh, they're a generation younger than me. I come from the generation that had a beer money fund so there you go kids <laughs> i don't recommend that for you right now stock you buy stock in <laughs> barrels <laughs> right anyway. so then uh so like and then i, I got out uh you know again i got out 2012 and then went into yeah. uh, a couple months down the road and i got a call that a friend of mine was testing for his fourth degree black bone kukito okay and i was like okay i'm gonna go and and dive into the go watch and go support. It was a lot of fun. And then I'm just sitting there. And granted, I, I didn't stop training. Mm-hmm. You know, we you know we were doing our own uh, variations, and everyone in my platoon were a bunch of fighters and a bunch of psychopaths when it came to striking and everything else. It was it was awesome, great time. Um, kind of helped me when it re- reminded me. Goes, I got some areas to work on, just like everybody does. Everybody. You know, being a cocky, arrogant teenager coming in, uh, turning into adult gets humbled real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit someone with the planet, precisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're so, gonna talk more about that. Uh, we're gonna talk more about that this in week. A minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot of fun, right? Yeah, Doing yeah. Of, uh, so 
before I dive in on my ADHD kicks in on that one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try so, to keep you on course here during the course of our conversation <laughs> here today. <laughs> but uh, okay, no, it's all, it's it's fine. We have a wide ranging conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you're so, watching Kikido. You're watching these guys. You're going. I need more of that. And and well, how did you dump out so... to like what you're doing now? It was so crazy because it was just like I started remembering all the katas. I started remembering all the little details with the the, the katana, the tanfa, the rope comma, uh, the 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 size going into the process with the weapons, and then you got the uh, the Filipino arts as well when it comes to the kali stick training, uh, single and double stick training, and everything else. Then to the hapkido joints because kakido is kakido is everything. Right, because it's anything. It's a striking grappling art, so it goes anything between kickboxing, hapkido, judo, wrestling, and jujitsu. It's literally everything, okay. except it's 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 formatted into uh, traditional styles, and uh, that's what I try when I explain to people is like, oh, you don't do like cage fighting, UFC stuff. You know, I get this hand motion for some reason. Yeah, yeah, you get the- <laughs> it never fails. I always get this hand motion. And you're like. You know, doing the old Austin Powers, right. Judy Chop is like, uh. or, or, or um, what's his name? Um, Ben Stiller in uh, Dodgeball. He did the exact same thing. He's like, yeah, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, Cooper. how dare you? Make me, how dare you make me bleed my own blood? <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. It is the 18th anniversary of Globo Gem uh, blowing a four-game lead in dodgeball to lose to Shut Average out. Joe's No, Gem. it is not. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is on my Facebook page if you want to go check it out. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, my God. All 18 right. 18 years. It's, it's been a while. It's, it's been a while. You know, and by the way, ESP, that was on ESPN The Ocho. If it's a sport, if it's almost a sport, we have it. <laughs> now, because of this podcast today, we will have a dodgeball league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be, yeah, that's that's now coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> so, so oh, crazy. God. I about, but yeah, uh, go right back to Brixton it. Brixton right? and Jordan so just, are going to have something to say about that. <laughs> Two of them. Anyway, for, sorry, go ahead. For a fact. <laughs> for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> one's one's gonna be more one's gonna be more confusing you, you, you know, right because of the comments and yes teenager and then you have the other one that's just a blunt adult right There's yeah very cutthroat very cursed just like <laughs> you see this phone you now die you now die <laughs> duck dip dodge die, dive dodge 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 again <laughs> dodge again <laughs> Oh my god! You can anyway, dodge okay. a controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> yeah. a ball. Uh, oh my so god! I picked up, you know, but I, but so I got back into training. Couple year, a uh, couple months down the road, I got back into it. Talked to Grandmaster about me coming back. Yeah, and him and I, him and I worked some stuff out to where he was actually wanting me to come back okay. uh, again to teach because I started actually teaching on uh, teaching aspect. I started when I was eleven as okay. a red belt. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, so it was, I was teaching, uh, I was actually, my primary class I ran, which was actually the three to six year olds. Okay. So, and that was my primary class. And then me being young and flexible and very, just like very power yoga. Oh, yeah. And we did warm ups and everything else. I was that kid that was in the old Taekwondo classes that was like, all right, guys, 10 minute warm ups. Mm. Yoga. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
we we all loved you back in the day. <laughs> I uh, fun fact: I actually had a couple of dolls going. He's he's not he's not running class, is he? Like he's 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 not running class. Yeah, and your instructor was <laughs> like, I don't understand English. And he's yes, over he here is. going. He's doing. He's a red belt. You're blue belt. Right. Fall in line. Get, get in line. You know, you're not going to say anything to a Korean Marine when they're already Right. No, no. God, no. No. <laughs> no, forget that. So, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, so about a year later, going into that, uh, uh, April 2013, I got, he came up to me uh, I, I, because he was dealing with uh, cancer with his wife which she lately passed uh regrettably she passed actually this this past year um and so she uh was ongoing battles with cancer and it's cancer was a really big thing in Mm -hmm. her family on her side of the family right so uh, going into that wheel um i would always tell him say hey you know grandmaster let me uh you know let me take over um at least a couple of classes that we spend more time because at the time he lived in copel which was three hours from here. So he would actually commute from Coppell to Granbury. Wow. Okay. Daily. Yeah. So it was like, he'd leave and then he'd drive to Coppell. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's, and it'd be, brutal. yeah. And then it came out to the point to where he actually would say, yes, he actually had a, he actually had a, a back area to where he had a, a pallet yeah. to where he would sleep at and everything else. And I was like, I live here. Right. Let me help. And then uh, he came. He approached me with taking over. At the time, it was called. It was branded as Kim's Black Bull Academy, and okay. it was. Uh, and that's what originally was called. And then he came up to me about uh, in April 2013 to take over. I go, mm-hmm. sure. You know, I, I didn't think about it was going to be at the end of the summer. Right. <laughs> Right, right, right. You weren't like, you were like, oh, you meant right now. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Uh, he said, so he said it, uh, it came out to the point. He's like, we're not going to let mention this to everybody because, um, you know, you you have experience in the martial art world as well. Oh, yeah. uh, going into where if, if people find out that there's going to be a change of hands, you know, they're going to immediately like dip out and they'll wait yep. for that original instructor to open up another location or go somewhere else, which is sad, which, but I get it. It's it's in the imprinting of the personality of that type of instructor that people flock to. And yeah, uh, I also think it's a weird form. Well, not weird, but I think it's a, a a dynamic form of loyalty, uh um, which I mean, you know, that's exactly what it is. It's loyalty. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, Lee talks about in the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, I mean, and uh, Musashi talked about it in the book of five rings. Um, we read um, Dr. Forrest Morgan's book, Living the Martial Way, um, which you might actually enjoy reading. Heard of that, book. yeah. I haven't uh, ever read it yet, but oh, I've heard of it going. Huh. Oh, it's 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 weird. It was published like 35, almost 35 years ago now. And it's like reached, it's reached Dude, a level of being like, the. it's reached a level of being like Sun, that Sun Tzu's like Art of War in, in like people who know martial arts, like they recommend this book. Mm-hmm. It's like in the top five of most recommended books. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's crazy talks. because you think about it now. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you, but it's yeah, just yeah. like talk about it now. Like there's all these old books that were written, yes. and all of a sudden they're starting to surface, and you're going, right? Like, 
They, we've been here. <laughs> right. Exactly. We've been around. Well, and, and he talks about, you know, he talks about loyalty. He talks about doctrine. He talks about um, this idea of how the student and teacher need to engage with each other and what that actually looks like. And he, he kind of focuses a little mm -hmm. bit on that in the, in the spirituality part of, or not spirituality, the religious or maybe more psychological it's I guess, more it's more along book. the lines of the of the yeah by the psychological yeah. piece to it because bruce lee was very adamant about staying away correct from religion That's right. um being on or in the academy which yeah religion religion and politics which that's anywhere right, between right. any any uh backstory but uh but yeah so i took over the academy in 2013 and uh which I'm surprised I'm not too ADHD today. Uh, going right into, <laughs> uh, going right in. Uh, I took over, and then uh, just like anywhere else, I found out there was a couple bad bad eggs, mm -hmm. and it was not the environment I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, going right into it, when I got done, at least about a month later. By the time I got done, I started with 45, and by the time I found out who all the bad eggs who were the cancer. And I'm not, uh, uh, it was just bad for business. People with very horrible people skills that, you know, that refused to actually abide by the rules. Um, there was a couple of people of certain uh, law incriminations mm -hmm. that weren't, you know, uh, just certain things that weren't supposed to be there. And we'd sure. uh, ask, you know, politely and yeah. the nicest way uh, to, to leave right. and not come back. Yeah. Um, well, it's also a business. Want. I mean, it's also a business. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's be real here. You know, um, Bruce Lee and I think, I think Morgan and Sun Tzu and Musashi, I think they would agree if they were, you know, sitting in on this conversation, sort of a round table kind of thing. It's it's not just, yes, you have to be a warrior across your 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 life right mm -hmm. um and you apply that warrior mentality and we'll talk a little bit about that today but you apply that warrior mentality to everything you do in your life great cool and like there's some things that are family and there's some things that are personal and there's some things that are business and and you know clear i won't say clear compartmentalization but clear understanding of what the what is necessary to make each one of those things work and applying right. that mindset of a warrior to uh, that mindset or the doctrine, that's really what it is. The doctrine of a warrior to this to to this area is mm -hmm. the thing that we want clarity on, right? And if the business is going to run and scale and work, which I mean, we're a leadership podcast. Most of the people who we talk to are in the workplace. They're in businesses. Some of them are even running businesses. Like you, yeah. you got to get rid of, you got to get rid of the bad apples. You just have to. It doesn't matter if you're teaching people to kick or punch or whether you're teaching people to sell apples. I don't care which one it is. You got to get, you got to get the people out. Well, especially they're for, if they are bad for business and, and right. you know they're bad for business, you got to get, you got to get rid of them. You got to right. fire them. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I took it over and then, um, at the time it was just, it was Taekwondo, but you know, we found out that, um, that I found out later it was actually Kikido. Mm -hmm. So it was a, it was a very, a very weird stipulation that it kicked off because, uh, Grandmaster Kim was with the Federation of AK, the AKF Federation or American Kikido Federation okay. and, uh, uh, going with that. And so at their, at their time, uh, about a couple of years later, um, I met with the president, which is uh, also my now instructor, um, 
Master B uh, going with that, which I'm not going to go into even more details than that. Uh, but it's, you know, I found out what your know, Kikido is and everything else. Cause it was, there was like, Oh, is this Taekwondo with the fairy fire? I was like, there's more to this than Taekwondo, but okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, cause you got Taekwondo, you got the guys doing this, doing the, 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 the spaghetti yeah. arms. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to get hate. I'm going to get hated on in this is like, oh, don't talk crap about Taekwondo. It's like, look, Taekwondo is efficient and powerful in its atmosphere. I did Taekwondo for many years. I, uh, I have a, uh, I have a uh, second degree black belt in Taekwondo and uh, that was many years ago. Yeah. And uh, it's fine. Which we talk about that. We talk about yeah, it a lot. Too. Yeah. And, and it just goes right into it. It's like, all right, I'm not going to do a leaning front. I'm not doing a leaning front thrust kick. Right. Like that from here. I'm going to hit you with a teep and I'm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it, it, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, if you're, if you're, okay, schools, right? This is, again, something that Bruce Lee was opposed to, opposed to schools. That's why he wrote the Tao Jeet Kune Do, uh, <clears throat> which was sort of his, if you will, last word on this idea of schools and doctrines and loyalty and just how far you can go. Um, and this leads into another question, which I'm going to ask you later on in the podcast about UFC. But, like, you know, well, you know, we're going to talk about that, too. But, like, uh, <laughs> we're going on record. We're going on record everywhere today. Um, but it's – you can't be – you have to do what works. Mm-hmm. And, yes, there are going to be certain things that you like, right? Certain things that you're more uh, capable of doing in a um, in a self-defense – or even in an offense, which we almost never talk about that part, but in a mm-hmm. self-defense or an offensive interaction, there are going to be more things that you are going to do, and there are certain things you're going to do that you're naturally comfortable with. Yep. So I'm tall and thin. I am naturally comfortable with keeping you 10 feet away from me because I don't want to get on the ground. I think you, you and I have talked about this. I really don't want to get on the ground, and I really want to just, like, pepper you up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. As Dave Chappelle would say, I want to pep you up a little bit, <laughs> and then I want to go. I want to run away because <laughs> that's, that's all I need to do. I'm a rope a doper by nature, right. um, and that's where it took me like ten years to get into jujitsu because I was just like, I can't. I don't. It's a mentality too. Is, yeah, getting on the ground is not mm, no. <laughs> so that's something I'm, I'm comfortable with, and I had to go through a whole bunch of other different experiences to be able to get comfortable yeah. with that. So anyway, I was the same way growing up. I was primarily just striking and throwing it and takedowns from between wrestling and judo. Right, and, and I hated the concept of being on the ground, and the, that my my mentality changed when I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, uh, there was a handful of people in there that beat the that I was like, all right. And then they beat the crap out of me because they knew how to defend it. Right. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to. Well, yeah. And, and you, well, you can't be, you can't be hide bound. Again, this is something that, that Bruce Lee talks about, right? And we're going to, we're going to read pieces from this, but you can't be hide bound to a particular, you know, doctrine. You, you gotta be, you gotta be open to everything. Like you gotta figure mm-hmm. out what the holes in your game are. And then you gotta make, you gotta plug those holes, you know? Absolutely. That's it. That's just it. So, cool. All right. Well, that's um, that's that's the history. That's the background. That's the long journey of uh, of Josh Poland <laughs> to uh, today. And ten and ten years later, he's now an overnight success. So, I mean, there you go. Or at least becoming. Um, and uh, we talked about that last time. Starting to everything started to come into to fray because, like, for me, like, we got a huge, huge black belt listing 
uh, coming up in April. Okay. Right. Exactly. So, well, well, and you know, you're in a spot where, and, and, and talk with for folks who maybe don't do martial arts, um, at all, or don't understand like the martial sports or like, oh, my 12 year old has a black belt. Okay. All right. Well, you know, you got kind of, kind of explain to them kind of what does it actually mean to be engaged with, um, the martial practices so you have beyond just uh, like maybe this is a gym thing that I do to keep fit. Like we're, right. we're going beyond that. You know, so for me, I, I, I explain in my students and you've heard me talk to 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 our basic level, our intermediate level, our nice. black belt, you know, advanced and black belt students to where it's like, look, you have you have the layer of an onion. Mm-hmm. Right. And the very top is your your ba- your basis and your foundations. And then when you start going and peeling a layer off. You know, you're looking at six to six to eight months to get ready for that intermediate level, right? You have an understanding what's going on. And it's like, oh, is that is that foundation? Like that's like the you just created the plat the line mm-hmm. of understanding how to throw a kick, how to do a punch, how to do a block, right? You know, and, and then looking into that, um, and which for me, we we of course we focus and incorporate a lot. I mean, incorporate a lot. No, incorporate uh, a lot of the Taekwondo. How to do a high shield, mid shield, how to block, and everything else uh, into the in the Thai series versus you know traditional Taekwondo. Keeping in that uh, you know we don't do horse stances anymore, uh, but we're just going you're in you're in that guard stance, having your hands open, you're working on going here. I explain what my students is like you're not. I mean, yeah, but I'm gonna. I'm. This is a stronger shield versus me coming out here because I could lose my power by by just doing this, mm-hmm. right? I'm going right here. They're trying to grab me, and I'm blocking them. Right. Or I'm blocking them this way. So I'm staying with inside that realm of what I can do uh, from there. But uh, everything's in layers, right? So to the let's, let's take a video game logic. Yeah. All right. So this is probably the best way to go on top of the onion philosophy because it's like ogres oh, are like layered. Right. Uh, ogres are like onions. Right. So coming into the process, uh, when they first start, they got to get their foundation and then they start getting an, a level three understanding with their footwork and hand technique and the intermediate. And then with the pattern advanced, now they're having another layer on top of that. So we're right, right around the level six, level seven. And when we get black belt, people, uh, my instructor and him and I agree on this philosophy. When you become a black belt, you know, and it depends on the age too, and on the on the of the understanding of the individual. You have an a basic understanding on how to defend yourself against someone that doesn't know what the crap they're doing. You know what I mean? Yep. For first degree to second degree, because it, it takes, you know what? And, and people is like, oh, build factories. Make, oh, like, look, you have to understand, like, there's these systems were built to actually layer and actually be able to um, layer it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and scale it. There we go. That's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's eluding me. But everything's scalable. Yeah. Right. As so we talk about the board breaks, you know, as everyone's like, oh, look. You know, it's just, oh, it's break. Bruce Lee said that too. He goes, boards don't hit back. No, you're not wrong. However, I'm teaching you to learn how to do a follow through, how to commit, how to do, create commitments. Right. Right. And follow through my commitment. Yep. Um, so when you're a black belt, secondary black belt is next. Yep. And now you're, you're learning on how to, uh, how to go into that next layer 
of defending yourself against someone that kind of knows what they're doing. Have to, eh. mm-hmm. And I'll switch this over here in a minute to jujitsu logic real quick. Oh, yeah. And a third degree goes against someone like, okay, I have an understanding of how to defend myself completely can defend myself against people that know, don't know what they're doing, like the crazy spazzy white belts. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and then you got a second degree going into, okay, well, I have an understanding of someone that somewhat did like six years of boxing. Right. Uh, okay. I can parry over here, you know, kick them, shin kick them, whatever, and keep them at distance or take them down to the ground and control. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's equivalent to a blue belt. Now, I'm not saying our secondary black belts are equivalent to blue belts. No, in no, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But the concept is the same, right? Because when you go through in a jujitsu concept, it's it's about a year. It's about a year and um, uh, about a year and some change, depending on the depending on the academy. It can be anywhere between a year to two years, maybe minimum. By IPJJF standards, you're looking at least a minimum of a year, right? Going into being warranted to the ability to become a blue belt. That doesn't right. mean that's a bit, it's all purely based on speculation for instructors. Uh, so everything is by layers and scales. And so you can typically go into that fourth degree, like from uh, third to fourth degree, you know, where am I? I'm a fourth degree black belt. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on my fifth degree, which, you know, that's coming very soon mm-hmm. for me and working on how to be a master of my style and my art but what does the term title master actually mean it means i'm a master of myself and what i do that doesn't mean that i'm the master of everything i'm a jack of all trades which is essentially what it it comes down to it and that's what i really love about our art because it's a jack of all trades and you know everything and you you can always go down that rabbit hole for it and that's what people need to understand when it comes to now, don't get me wrong. There are those that have a mentality of, I will pay for my belt and you will give it to me. Okay. No, not with me at least. Right. And it is a business. Yes, it is a business going into source of revenue. But, you know, with my academy, you know, we look at it to where you're, you're paying for the belt promotion. However, I'm not guaranteeing them a spot right now. It's my job to get them there. But it's also them, as far as teaching, to get them prepared for that next level of, of belting. Well, and, and let's be real. Like, the fact of the matter is, you started at what? Like, eight? On this or, belt. yeah. Oh, on you started at seven, at seven. least. Okay, well, no, you. You personally, oh. instru- I mean, you started at like seven, eight years old, right? Um, like I started like, when I was... Your dad was like, hey, let's get you into something. Uh, so for me, again, it, it was different for me back then because back then they didn't have but, little, but even pre, so. little pre-case. But, but, even so. but even very so. young. Okay, but like, okay, let's let's take a random age, right? If you start at, uh, okay, seven, let's say seven. Take out the yeah. pre-stuff, whatever. Okay, that's basically running around, whatever. Okay, take out all that. You're, you're kind of getting yourself oriented. You kind of have a little control over your body, seven, eight years old. Okay. Seven to your mid-30s. We live in a purely transactional society, increasingly purely transactional society, right? But there's no possible way that if I'm a parent coming in to pay for my kid to get a quote-unquote black belt if I have that mentality, 
because I, I want a status symbol around my kid's waist. Because mm-hmm. it's actually not about my kid, it's about me, but we'll leave that aside for just a minute. There's no possible way I can pay you enough to cover all those years of knowledge. There's just no possible way I can do it. There's not. It is, it, there's just no way. All the things that you've, you've, you've learned and that you've forgotten, all of the things that you have, um, <laughs> once you've forgotten them, learned them again. And I'm not even throwing the Marine Corps stuff in there. Let's just toss all that out. Let's just chuck all that for just yeah. for a second, right? Forget all that. Just that stuff right there. There's no possible way that if I have a, my kid's going to get a belt because this is a belt factory mentality. There's no possible way that I should be, not possible way. There's no reason for me to have a reasonable expectation of any kind at all on any planet that I would pay, be able to pay enough to be able to justify that transaction occurring. There's just no possible way I could I could come up with that amount of money. Uh, we wouldn't accept that in any other field. We wouldn't accept that from um, a a person who uh, who does fine dining. I'm a big fan of the show Chef's Table on Netflix. Mm. Uh, it is a great show, great photography. <clears throat> Even if you don't like fine dining, just watch this show. It's not a waste of your time because you you realize that these chefs have been working on being chefs since they were like you know eight. And the reason they're charging you $350 to $500 a plate is because, A, it's their reputation on the line. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, B, that's a minuscule amount of the compensation that they have to receive and that, quite frankly, they're owed for the fact that it was hard to figure out how to make food taste good. Because mm-hmm. everybody thinks they can do it. Everybody thinks they can cook like a Michelin four-star chef. And the fact of the matter is, no, actually, you can't. You haven't spent the 30 years. You just didn't. And so we just, I, I get irritated with the belt factory idea. Because just at a, at a, at a if you're just looking at it at a rational level, mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes no sense. We do not tell the carpenter who's putting together, or the construction worker, not carpenter, the construction worker who's putting together your house. We don't go, oh, I'm just going to lowball you on the X, Y, Z because, like, your 30 years doesn't matter. No, we don't, we, don't, we don't say any of that. But we do for the arts or we do for things that we consider to be, at least in America, mm-hmm. we don't consider to be that, quote, unquote, valuable when am I going to actually have to like defend myself? Or as I saw, I'm, I'm part of this group on Facebook, and, and we'll go back to the book in just a second. Here, but I'm part of this group on Facebook called Jiu-Jitsu Over Forty. If you ever have an opportunity to go look at that group, it's a mess in there. But anyway, I'm, I'm a member. I'm no, a you're member. Okay, okay. So then you know I'm not forty, but <laughs> I, I, I actually I actually typed it in, and then they were like, "How old are you?" I go, "32." Why? Why? <laughs> As I, I just want to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, just a part of the conversation. Yeah, just, just let me in. No, no, get out, <laughs> get out, youngin. But like, there was a whole thread in there the other day, uh, talking about, uh, oh gosh, you know, the the whole dynamic of, you know, I haven't been trained to fight, but I can beat anybody up if I need to beat anybody up. Like, you know, I'll yeah. just go red line, dude. You don't know me. And I'm like, okay, first off, if you've been trained to fight, a and I don't comment on much of anything in that thing. I use it for resources, and then I move on. Uh, but um, and usually there's only like two resources a week, and then I'm done. <laughs> like everything else is just nonsense in there, like most Facebook groups. Um, but um, but looking at that statement, and I've heard that before, by the way. Like, please, heard that before. And it's by the time you get your black belt, and, and this is going to sound counterintuitive to people who are listening. By the time you get your black belt in 
any uh, warrior type structure, whether it's a doe based one or uh, an utsu or a san based one, right? It doesn't matter what structure mm-hmm. you're, you're getting it in. Hell, I'll even go as far as Tai Chi. You leave those people alone. I've said that before. Leave the Tai Chi people alone. <laughs> They're not. You do let them feckless. just let them slide. You, you let them be themselves and <laughs> let, let them do this life. That's right. That's right. Just, just leave them be. Those dudes are secret and squirrel assassins. Those people are dangerous. Um, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Yeah, about that eighty-five-year-old man doing the exact splits and everything else. You're going. That dude's a rubber band. That that guy's hardcore, and I'm walking over here. <laughs> um, I'm going. I'm out. Peace out. Um, but um, but um. You know, if you've reached a black belt in any system, or, and I loved how you framed it, the beginning of understanding. The beginning of understanding is not a white belt. The beginning of the understanding is that quote-unquote black belt, that quote-unquote status. The thing you have learned is, and again, this is going to sound counterintuitive, folks, the thing you've learned is how not to fight. That's the biggest thing you've learned. You've learned what not to do. you learned don't do this. You Yes, that's right. You spent 12 years and... I don't know. I'll name a number. $50,000 to learn how to not fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Welcome. Yes, that's exactly right. That's what you did. You just that's what you spent 10 years doing. Well, it's the same thing for jiu-jitsu, right? You go into right. the process. It's just like for me, I've been doing it for 10 years. Right. And it's just going into the process of, eh, nah. Right. My wife right. asked me that. She goes, what are you worried about? It's like, how do you feel if someone tried to get us? I was like, I just... I'm not really one. I'm not really worried about that person. Right. Two. Um, I have to keep my shelf in check because, you know, I can I can control me. Right. But you cross a if you cross a check mark in my moral compass box, mm-hmm. you're now going to start playing with my death row temper. Yeah, so, but there's other but there's other escalations in there too. Like we're not oh, gonna yeah. go directly from like that's that's fifteen. That's right, we just yeah. went to fifteen. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not like we're gonna go from like you bumped me to ultraviolence. Like this is not this is not, you know, a clockwork orange, right? This isn't that movie. Like we're not we're not gonna go to like kicking people in the face immediately. No, it's okay, you know what? Now we're done. Mm-hmm. And and please go away over there and leave me alone. Like and this is what people who don't have a warrior mindset who merely have a status mindset or even worse have a mindset of i'll do whatever the hell i want or and this is the worst mindset possible and and we've seen this recently with well we've seen this most recently with the school shooting that's in the news everybody can go look at that i'll just call the cops and they'll show up and everything will be fine And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm I'm not, just gonna I'm, say this one. I'm not thing talking about, about any of that. Guys, <laughs> there's one thing about that y'all have to keep in mind. You'll have to keep in mind there are good apples, there are bad apples, and there's going on to the point to where they're not Superman. Correct. That's right. And just, that's all I'm gonna say on yep, it. Yep. Yep. And that's and such the, a controversial conversation. It's just like. Well, and the, and the more we peel back from that, the more failures you see at a systemic level. And I'll just, mm-hmm. the system, the bureaucratic system is, is a bit of a problem there. Actually, it's it's the largest piece of that puzzle there that is the problem. But anyway, um, the the but the average person, this, this is who I'm talking to, the average person, right? The leadership skills you learn 
on that 10 year journey than where you're spending your 50K to learn from Josh. Or, I mean, I taught people back in the day, like, pfft, you know, when I got, I started teaching people at, at uh, blue belt level, something like that in Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, because I was upright and I wasn't stupid and like I kind of knew a little bit of it. Was, it was really structure different too back then. It yeah, was structure different, different too. It was structure different. Right. Exactly. So, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll teach people. And, and, and honestly, that was really good because it required me to give back, um, which is what teaching in, in any system um, does. You have to pay it forward. And actually, you learn more by paying it forward than even you learn from the instructor and it becomes a virtuous circle. But anyway, that's a whole other thing for another day. But, that's um, another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another. That's a whole other podcast. But the point is, like, you're going to pay inside of that system and the things that you are going to learn are going to be worth... 10, okay, 5, 10, 20x, whatever it is you invested. And so, you know, if you're looking for your kid to be a black belt at like 12, you got to slow down. Like, you got to ask, like, what are you actually wanting your kid to do with that? And of course, (laughs) have you appropriately organized your ego yet? Well, that goes into the point to understanding structure. Right. For yourself. Exactly. Which, back to the book, <laughs> which is the whole point of us being here. 30-minute 30, 30 tangent. 30-minute <laughs> tangent. And now we're going to go back to Bruce Lee because he's sitting over in the corner tapping his foot. <laughs> Pulling a Sonic. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, in the long history, so organized despair. Back to the book, Dao of Jeet Kune Do, page 14 and 15, organized despair. In the long history of martial arts, the instinct to follow and imitate seems to be inherent in most martial arts instructors and students alike. This is what we were just talking about. This is partly due to the human tendency, uh, due to human tendency, and partly because of the steep traditions behind multiple patterns of styles. Consequently, the need to find a refreshing original master teacher is a rarity the need for a pointer of the way echoes let me pause here for just a second i came out of the arts and one of the biggest things in art is this continual navel gazing pursuit of being original it's also in the arts you're never going to be original everybody's a derivative of somebody else everybody's doing derivations of multiple things and it's fine being original is really hard, and most people are not original, myself included. Most people are not original. They are doing copies of copies of copies of copies, and it's fine. This is what Lee is talking about. Finding a fresh original master teacher is a rarity. And this was written in like the 1960s, 1970s. The need for a pointer of the way echoes. I love that. You don't actually need an original. You need somebody to go, that's what you need to look at. That's the point of this podcast. Look Mm -hmm. at that. That's all I'm doing. I'm not doing anything original here. There's other leadership development podcasts that are floating around that I'm sure if you're listening to them, they're doing the same thing. Point the way. This is the thing you need to look at. Turn your attention to this thing. And that's what Josh does in uh, in his uh, in his teaching of Kikido and in Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, this is what I do on the podcast and through training and development work and books and all of that. It's pointing the way. And this is what this is what the, Bruce Lee was talking about. Yeah, this is going on to the point too. Is I'll just say this real fast. It yeah. just goes, it's not right, it's not wrong, it's different. Right. And that's okay. And that's okay. That's right. 
Back to the book. Each man belongs to a style which claims to possess truth to the exclusion of all other styles. These styles become institutes with their explanations of the way, dissecting and isolating the harmony of firmness and gentleness, establishing rhythmic forms as the particular state of their techniques. Instead of facing combat in its suchness, then, most systems of martial art accumulate a fancy mess that distorts and cramps their practitioners and distracts them from the actual reality of combat, which is simple and direct. Mm. Instead of going immediately to the heart of things, flowery forms, organized despair, and artificial techniques are ritualistically practiced to simulate actual combat. Thus, instead of being in combat, these practitioners are, I love this, doing something about combat. And I wrote here as a note in my copy of the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, the Gracies would agree, I think, with that. I think Hugo Gracie would would agree with that a lot, actually. The the Gracies are on a different plateau. They are on a different plateau. When it comes to business mindset, now there's and a martial art mindset as well. Now there's a handful of them that are right there with them, yeah. but that's because they grew up with right. them. So, oh, yeah. and there's a lot of people that can, that would easily catch fly. I'll catch flack for this, but it's just one of those things to where uh, this is just me personally. Cause I'm part of the, uh, under Shanji Kibro, the, the sixth place foundation, when it comes down into it, that's a whole different, different type of jujitsu. Mm-hmm. When you look at it personally, the first you got, the Pedro Sowers, you got the Machados, you have the Gracies. But I think when it comes to uh, really, when it comes to a teaching format and understanding arts, and Gracies and, and the Hebrews have got it, got it made. They got it made in the shade when it comes down to it. And then, you know, and Machado, he's on, he is on a different spectrum as, as a whole, uh, on a different entirely. And a lot of people go, ah, I don't, you know, I don't like Machado. Or it was like, oh, I love Machados. Hey, tomato, tomato. You know, you, you call it a tomato. I call it a tomato. It's like it's like a it's like a three. Yep. If you do this, you you see a W. I see an M. Right. They see an E. I you know I see a three. You know what I mean? Right. So it's answers yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer to the question is yes. <laughs> well, and it's 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 this idea of are we doing combat? Are we are we actually are we actually are we doing something about combat or are we being in combat? And fundamentally those three that you mentioned, they are being in combat. And I think that, again, that's what uh, Dr. Morgan was talking about in living the martial way. It's that doctrinal mindset that people have to have that I think is sorely lacking in most individuals who are walking through a quote unquote martial arts program and I don't get me wrong, if you want to do it for fitness or you want to do it for whatever, that's fine. But it should, and you, you have a, a sign in your, in, on the, in, the, in your school that basically indicates that this is more than just something that you show up and, as, as, as Bruce Lee would say, more than something you just show up and do. This is something that you be, something that you are. It has to seep into your being. Mm-hmm. And once you start doing that, then you start pulling apart this organized despair. Back to the book for just a moment. Stylists, instead of looking directly into the fact, cling to forms or theories and go on entangling themselves further and further, finally putting themselves in an inextricable snare. 
They do not see it in its suchness because their indoctrination is crooked and twisted. Discipline must conform to the nature of things in their suchness. Maturity does not mean to become a captive of conceptualization. It is the realization of what lies in our most inner selves. When there is freedom from mechanical conditioning, there is simplicity. Life is a relationship to the whole. The man who is clear and simple does not choose. What is, is. Action based on an idea is obviously the action of choice, and such an action is not liberating. On the contrary, it creates further resistance, further conflict. I love this. Assume pliable awareness. Relationship is understanding. It is a process of self-revelation. Relationship is the mirror in which you discover yourself. To be is to be related. Set patterns incapable of adaptability, of pliability, only offer a better cage. Truth is outside of all patterns. It hits you in a different way when you say it out loud, too. It hits you in a different way. It does. It if you're does. actually listening to the words, if you just do it like this. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're like, bro, close your mouth. Close your mouth. Just like, you <laughs> you're not getting it. <laughs> well, and if you, so I'm naturally peripatetic, right? Like I've, I've done a lot of different things. If you go and look at my LinkedIn profile. I'm kind of all over the map, and that's actually been a piece of feedback that people have given me. And and this is partially because I get bored easily. Uh, you talk about having ADHD. Dude, I've just professionalized it. That's all I did. <laughs> I just professionalized my ADHD. That's all. That's, that's why you, you and I are really close friends, because I'm, I'm, we're going to the greater than equal to less than concept, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just I had to build a structure. I had to build a container. I could dump it all in and be okay and still make money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like that was that was that was the that was the that was the thing. Um but Bruce Lee's mind did the same thing and he ranged the same way around combat, covering everything from Wing Chun to Western boxing. He wasn't locked into one style or fighting mode. Um, and as a matter of fact he believed in being fluid not only in any approach to combat, but again, this goes to his mindset, right? Um, in, in an approach to anything, right? As Josh just said, the answer is yes. Doesn't matter what the question is. The answer is yes. Lee believed that in chaotic self-defense situations, the person who was going to win needed to do what actually worked. Um, and that's just like in leadership, by the way. Um, philosophy and strategy matter more than forms and tactics. And what's interesting is, after reading Living the Martial Way for the podcast, uh, kind of really come alongside this idea of the difference between doctrine, strategy, and tactics, where doctrine is really mindset. Like the Marine Corps has a doctrine, but a doctrine is not to be confused with a tactic. You know, the, the doctrine is... Well, the Marine Corps model, let's go with that, right? Mm -hmm. That's the doctrine, the Marine Corps history. That's the doctrine, right? The the bridge between doctrine and tactics, though, and by the way, tactics is you're going to use this gun at this spot on this hill, and you're going to shoot that guy, and you're going to do it until I tell you to stop. That's a tactic. That's That's not a doctrine, right? The, the link between those two is strategy. And this is something that uh, Forrest Morgan was very clear about and, and Lee is clear about in the Tao of Jeet Kune Do um, when he talks about that, that bridge over to 
other things. And this is something that I've really also gotten my arm around, and this is why leaders need to get out of the office and get out to do stuff that has nothing to do with whatever it is they're doing in the office. Right. Um, I found this with jujitsu. So I'm starting to really, and by the way, I, I, I'm going to say this publicly, thank you for encouraging all of us to go get a freaking journal and start writing all this stuff down. Because this is what I tell my clients to do. Like when you said it and my face went, because I go, oh yeah, that's what I tell my clients to do. And they never do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then they, and then, which I guess, you know, is fine because then they pay me more for coaching or they buy my books or they buy more training or whatever because they just, it hasn't embedded, right? But if you want something to embed, you have to reflect on it. You have to journal. You have to write it in. I mean, I was doing this the other day and uh, interestingly enough, Brixen came by and that's a student in the thing. I'll just leave it at that. But he came by and, and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm writing things down. And he's like, Oh, you do that? I was like, yes, that's 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 kind of the point. <laughs> I was like, you you should probably write things down too. Um, but that's how you get that bridge. That's how you grow that bridge between doctrine, which I'm sort of kind of beginning to wrap my head around in jujitsu, and then the tactics, which is the fire hose that we're just having just thrown at us, which is fine. Um, but there's got to be a bridge between those two, and it's got to be strategy. And the only way I could figure out to make that bridge was to reflect, was to mm-hmm. journal, was to grow in self-awareness. Well, what you think and what you write is what you help verbalize your own expectations by writing it down. Right. right? So the concept going into it is like, I think it, you ink it. Mm-hmm. So when you think that, because I, I was stretching out and I was getting ready to, because we were doing Pahada with one of the guys. I was doing Pahada with one of the guys, and I see in the corner of my my. <laughs> He's going and whatever he goes. Like, hey, what's this idea? Oh, he's trying to set up. <laughs> Come <laughs> here. <laughs> well, and it's, so, it doesn't always have to be. Uh, so, jujitsu is one of those one of those martial practices, combat practices. I don't want to use martial combat practices. That the more days you go, the better you become. Like that's, I got that like literally right off the bat. But if you are living a life that does not allow you to do that, then you have to figure out on the path to being a better combatant at this thing, you're going to have to figure out what are the strategies to get you to being better while preserving the overall doctrine of your life. And I don't want to make this any more complicated than it sounds because people are, are, are going to listen to this and they're going to go, well, you're just telling me I just need to compartmentalize. And Lee says, don't compartmentalize. Correct. Don't compartmentalize. Come up with a doctrine for your whole life. Figure out how this fits into that doctrine. And if it fits in, great. And by the way, it doesn't have to be jujitsu. It can be <clears throat> Shotokan karate. It can be, mm-hmm. um, I would prefer traditional Taekwondo. That's what I was trained in. But okay, you know, whatever. Don't. Well, I'm not going to get into combat versus sport applications, but okay. Uh, tai Chi, uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu. We had a Wing Chun guy on, you know, earlier uh, this month uh, who talked very beautifully about that. Um, and he did that for something like 12 or 15 years. Like, just, that's unbelievable, right? And so whatever it is you're going to do, 
eventually that thing is going to start eating the rest of your life. You're going to start reprioritizing your things. You're going to start moving things around. And situations and circumstances will, 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 will be created that will allow you to engage more in building that strategy bridge between the doctrine of your life and the tactic of how to punch and kick. And I think that that is what Lee is talking about here in Organized Despair. Rather than just being a martial artist or being in a combat quote unquote sport, do the thing. And, and you gotta be proactive. Helps you. Yeah. You gotta be productive. Yeah. All that helps you. Um, I talked a lot there, so I'm going to go back to the book. <laughs> going to let, going to let Lee talk some more. As I, I talked a lot there. I'm going to, I'm going to go to page 23. We're going to talk about the formless form in the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. By the way, he does write uh, here. I just saw this. Um, the so-called a so-called martial artist is the result of three thousand years of propaganda and conditioning. So I'll just, just leave you with that. <laughs> brutal, <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Talking about hitting your heart and your soul. <laughs> the man, the man's taking no prisoners. <laughs> he's going. He's taking souls. He's <laughs> taking souls. He was dead, and he's still taking souls. That's right. All right, a formless form. Please do not be concerned with soft versus firm, kicking versus striking, grappling versus hitting, and kicking, long range fighting versus infighting. <laughs> there is no such thing as this is better than that. Should there be one thing we guard against, let it be partiality that robs us of our pristine wholeness and makes us lose unity in the midst of a duality. There are styles that favor straight lines and there are styles that favor curved lines and circles. Styles that cling to one particular, partial, one partial aspect of combat are in bondage. Jeet Kune Do is a technique for acquiring liberty. It is a work of enlightenment. Art is never decoration or embellishment. A choice method, however exacting, fixes its practitioners in a pattern. Combat is never fixed and is changing from moment to moment. Working in patterns is basically a practice of resistance. Such practice leads to clogginess. Understanding is not possible and its adherents are never free. The way of combat is not based on personal choices and fancies. Truth in the way of combat is perceived from moment to moment and only when there is awareness without condemnation justification, or any form of identification. Jeet Kune Do favors formlessness so that it can assume all forms, and since it has no style, Jeet Kune Do fits in with all styles. As a result, Jeet Kune Do uses all ways and is bound by none, and likewise, is, and likewise uses any technique or means which serves its end. In this art, efficiency is anything that scores. I wonder if he would have lived a little bit longer if he would have changed that to anything that kills. I wonder if he would have gone down that road. Or if he was still too... Well, the tournament circuit was starting to grow in America during his time. It wasn't yet quite to the level of commercialization that it is now. Uh, and this is in all forms. I mean, this is, this is across the board, you know. Um, and that leads into, of course... You know, thoughts that I have about UFC, which uh, uh, there was a U. I mean, this we're 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 live streaming this on June twenty second, 
There was a UFC fight on Saturday. Um, two middleweights basically turned each other into burger. Um, I don't know if you saw that fight. I happened to be in a <clears throat> establishment that served adult beverages at the time. <laughs> <laughs> standing at the at the spot where you get those adult beverages, and I happened to look up, and it was on the screen, and these two people were wailing, you know, the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's fine. They both wound up looking like Burger, and then, you know, greatest fight ever. I think they're both middleweights. Be- best fight ever, greatest fight ever was declared. And, um, and I've mentioned this before. Um, you know, the Octagon, don't get me wrong, I don't want to step in with any of those guys. I, I, let me give the three caveats. I'm not stepping into the octagon. I get it. You're athletes. Absolutely. And in a street fight, you're going to be a real problem for somebody where there's no rules. Okay. Now that we've acknowledged all of that. Um, and maybe it's a level of inelegance. I don't know. But I look at I look at something like UFC and I wonder what Bruce Lee would have thought about that. What do you think he would have thought about that? That whole structure. About to where it's at now? Yeah, the whole structure of kind of how, 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 where we've gone and evolved from UFC 1, where everybody was like, oh, to, what are we, like, UFC 293, 384, whatever Dana White's counting is at this point. Like, I, I, I don't even His know. counting doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. Yeah, with you. Map. yeah I don't know. I think it's um, purely by pay-per-view numbers. <laughs> yeah, because there's way more than that. Yeah. Um. I, you know, it's so funny because we talk about that and I refer to jet, you know, Bruce Lee and Jet Lee, all those guys. Cause Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, let's Bruce Lee was in, in my opinion, he was the creator of mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. He was, okay. and he was, he was the, and you think about it because he converted so many different things and he, uh, I was actually watching, um, the ways of looking at the, the modern day Jeet Kune Do and it's, and it's got throws. It's got stuff now starting to proliferate to the ground. Uh, now it does. And back then it didn't cause that really wasn't really a thought, mm-hmm. you know, to try to finish the standing fight is what it was. Um, or if you take him to the ground, you crash him with a planet and then you just finish it. Finish him. Whack. Um, you know, rip out the, with the predator really oh, yeah. spine and all that stuff. Right. But uh, my, my, to answer the question, cause I'm tiptoeing on now, cause it's, it's a very good question to ask, you know, and it's, I personally feel that he would not uh, disagree or agree. And I think that because of one reason, because martial arts in, 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 in the UFC, you do not have traditionalist fighters. There are um, only a count of maybe two hands, maybe two hands as I'm holding them up, that have guys that actually have traditional backgrounds and they're coming into uh into the cage now granted you know i i've been asked before you know by my own brothers uh, one of my brothers and other people say hey have you thought about going into the cage I was like, ah, i'm good one i'm 32 years old and two i don't if i was younger yeah i would it, it, back in my early 20s and i was like yeah 
my I, I had an intention to go over there. Let's just turn each other into mince meat. Let's just go. This is honor. I'm gonna go to Valhalla, and I'm gonna when we get to Valhalla, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick the crap out of you again. You know, <laughs> this time we'll do, all, we'll do it throughout the rest of time. We're just gonna have an infinite, infinite battle because. Because there's no more stamina gauge at that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Infinite rolls. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just going through that. So I, I think it's a it's a love-hate relationship into it. Um, the deep political side of it, he, I don't think he would agree with it um, at all. Um, I think the way it's going as an art, uh, I use it word because it's it's really not an art. It's a it's a it's propaganda and on on the point of how we beat the ever living breaks off of each other in a five minute span it's 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 almost a perfect and, I, and this is sort of my analysis it's almost the perfect sports before before example you think, yeah go yeah ahead. yeah so you just think about because think about boxing is think about right. how much money they make in boxing right if you remember the whole Controversy between McGregor and Mayweather. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mayweather wasn't gonna win, wasn't gonna lose that fight. No, there was no. no way. McGregor, on the other hand, he had full intentions on trying to hit Mayweather, and he actually did. Right. He was like, oh no, this sounds like. First of all, that whole match, you you agree to disagree, people agree to disagree. That match was scripted for Mayweather to win. In reality, but they both were going to get a giant purse day. And and fundamentally, this is something that, again, this is where I go. And if you're a fan of UFC and you're yelling at me right now, either on the live stream or you're going to be yelling at me later on the video version of this, or you're going to be yelling at me on the audio version of this, you know, you can send all of your, don't bother Josh, send all of your complaints. <laughs> to CEO because I'm not going to answer it you're not going to answer any of those emails I will answer every last one of them I, I have something for everybody and no you can't you can't upend me there's no logic that you have that will upend me you just don't have it I that's what that's the open challenge to you. you don't have the logic so if you're a UFC fan and you are going to if you're Joe Rogan or whoever out there uh, you go right ahead. Uh, you can email me CEO at hsconsultingandtraining.com and I will take all of those emails. I will answer all of them. I will deal with all of it. I will shield my guest from all of the <laughs> all of the nonsense. I, I, I purposely would love just to have a conversation because I just love listening to Joe Rogan talk. And he's one of my favorite enthusiasters to 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 have those conversations, right? Um He's very enthusiastic. I'll grant you that. He is very enthusiastic. He's highly smart when he's on and off when he's you know a little bit out of the clouds but and going into that you know i love joe rogan i I love him to death and partially i'm super excited that that he's finally in texas where he belongs because that's his personality yeah yeah um oh yeah yeah he should have i don't know i don't know why he waited so long (laughs) looking at it now too you think about when UFC to to put my final stamp on Mm. what my feel about ufc is it's UFC is one of those things where I've heard it so many times for people that don't know what they're looking for. And they're just doing this. And by the way, this is not a white claw. It's a monster. So yep. if, if you watch this, this is not me drinking a white claw at two o'clock in the afternoon. It's me drinking a monster. Uh, when you're going through, um, I've been in a meeting before and I've done that. And they go, are you drinking a white claw? Oh, no. no. where's your brain at? <laughs> <laughs> 
you know so uh going right into it you think about the logistics mm-hmm. what's the coin purse it went from not really caring about money but it was the pride of the mm-hmm. fight right yeah and now now it's an ego trip from uh, about half i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take a swing about half because if you see about those promotion boards when they have the guys with the belts and everything oh yeah you got the guys that are mouthy mm-hmm. and then you have the, the ones that are not very mouthy mm-hmm. um and that that's a good handful of them. And, and i'm not up to date with ufc i'm really not and quite frankly i i when they go oh hey uh you want to watch UFC? Sure, why not? Uh, and then they go through it. Oh, yeah. And then you're watching it. The best person that will give it an analyst about a grappler in a UFC fight is John Danaher. Oh, yeah, because he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You you watch Don, John Danaher. Granted, it'll take 45 minutes. And <laughs> it, it he has the longest intros in, in videos. And and well, uh, going into that, he's going down. He, he's going down. And he's extremely intelligent. He's like PhD level, stupid nuclear physics brain, mm-hmm. and just goes through it. And he takes forty five minutes to the the first 25, 30 minutes. And everyone that's that's part of listening to this right now going, yeah, it takes a minute to get through it. But he and he's explaining every analytical thing you can think of, or just to go through it. It's it's really good. I, I, I me personally too, being in a John Danaher, you know, Gordon Ryan seminar a couple of years back, and it was like, ow. That was a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you know? he's got the best posts on Instagram for even if you don't care about jujitsu, he's got the, some of the best posts that are like you're right, just pure analysis mm-hmm. of just sort of what's actually going on here. Everything from uh, this is how you use grips, and this is how you manipulate somebody inside of a pin or, or whatever. All the way to yeah, this is how you set up a footlock. To um, there's certain things that you're gonna have to work on if you're, you know, and this is where I key off on it. There's certain things you're gonna have to work on if you're old, like you just are. Like there's just no way around it, right? Um, no, Danaher has great analysis. I don't know, but and, and maybe the, <laughs> to somebody else who gave me some feedback recently, I like thought exercises. So Danaher is fine for me. Like it's fine. <laughs> it's, oh yeah, you know, no. You if, if you don't have the mental capacity, and and you know what about. This is a good sprung part of the world that do not have the mental capacity to actually just sit there with John Danaher. Lecture. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, you really, you really don't because you have to be one. You have to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Two, you have to understand that the mindset is not a "I'm going to beat you into a hamburger meat" mentality. It's it, it's 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 a it's a a well thought out, educated conversation. Right. And that goes right into it to what I was saying before, because I kind of squirreled in the very beginning, but it was one of those things to where that you have a martial arts background in grappling or whatever the case may be. And you watch these fights, you go, oh, my God. And the biggest controversy ever, in my opinion, when the women division, when you had against Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. yeah. Ronda Rousey was the best at what she did at the time. Is she didn't purposely stay away from strikers. She just fought. She exposed strikers to the understanding of the weakness of being thrown by judo and getting hit with with that infamous freaking throw she does and or did. And 
I'm a huge Ronda Rousey fan. Mm-hmm. And it goes running into the point to where an actual striker, it is even said an actual striker mm-hmm. that was primarily striking base, AKA Holly Holmes, uh, was going to pick her apart. And it was even said, it was like, if she does not do something about that striking, she's going to get picked apart. And quite frankly, that whole controversy, that camp failed her. That whole coaching camp failed Ronda Rousey to get her actually prepared for that fight. Personal well, opinion. Well, and that's, but okay, but that, that's, so, but that goes directly into the thing you just said about uh, politics, right? And, yep. you know, this is, this is a leadership podcast. There's politics everywhere, right? Um, <clears throat> there's politics and politics. We leave that alone. That's for another kind We're of podcast. We're not touching that. We're not touching <laughs> that. Um, but there's politics and leadership. There's politics in working at the fa- on the factory floor. There's politics in your neighborhood. There's politics in your family. Um, there's politics in a coaching environment, you know, around a fighter. Um, and so there's all these layers, right? Or there's politics in animal care. Right. Like, yeah, like, well, anywhere where there are going to be human beings that are going to have two different opinions, there's going to be politics. I mean, that's just it. Like, we're, we're done, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. And so when you look at MMA and when you look at um, sports that have been corrupted by the money, to, to Josh's point, by the money, like boxing, which 30 years ago got corrupted by the money, like it just did. Like the last decent boxing match that I saw was um, was uh, one of the last, and I'm talking like pre-Evander Holyfield, one of the pre-Evander Holyfield Mike Tyson fights, like back when Tyson was like in his prime, like back in the late 80s. That's probably the last pure boxing match where... Tyson didn't care about the money because that wasn't the driver for him. When you look at UFC, when you look at most, even amateur MMA fights, right? Like I'll I'll watch amateur octagon stuff and just to pick apart techniques and things like that just to see what people are doing. The reason you don't see any of those traditional people in there is because the traditional people are working on, the traditional practitioners are working on something else. They're working on it for the love of the game. And um that's only going to take you so far and then at a certain point the money and the politics is going to take over and you're going to have to make a decision just like we were talking about in your business just like we were talking about in my business you're going to have to make a decision about where your ethic stands and if your ethic doesn't stand with the money and the politics then you're then you're out as far as the ronda rousey uh fight i didn't watch that but i did hear about it later on um you know i i am of i have i have no mind about any of this i i think when you I think fundamentally, and this is a good rule for leaders. I think fundamentally, when you lay down, <laughs> when you lay down with demons, you're gonna get, or when you lay down with the devil, you're gonna get up with demons. Like that's just it. Like mm-hmm. that's just how the game goes. And that's so, way of looking at it, you know. So, um, you know, you're you're going to get what you you're going to get what you asked for, and uh, part of that goes into even what Bruce Lee was talking about, in sort of how do you pull apart uh, the the thing you are doing all the way down to its component parts and then build that thing back up into something that serves you. And that's the point of, and we were just talking about black belts or we we're talking about black belts and degrees and all that. When you get your black belt, when you get your first degree black belt, that is the first step towards pulling everything apart and towards rebuilding it, which turns us the corner into, let's do a little jog into jujitsu before we go back to the book. 
for people who have never done jujitsu, explain the belt system to people because this was one of the things that that I did not understand initially when I came in and had to figure out, which is fine. I'm a smart guy. I can go research and put things together, and I have my own background experience. I know how to relate to it. Um, But explain why there's only like five belts and (laughs) how does that work in a system where – or not a system, but in a world where uh, almost nobody is delaying gratification. So you look at it to where everyone's in, as a as a populist, we're an instant gratification kind of culture, right? I need instant results. I need instant, you know, thought process. I need it now. Well, that's not how it's going to work. You know, it's like trying to do nutrition. You, you're you just because you change your diet that day, you could see results within two days. You won't see results that day because your body will not show results unless you're on steroids. That's just weird. Um, now. Oh, I guess supposed to be even in steroids, maybe not so much, but uh, the belt system as a whole, originally when jujitsu, when Brazilian jujitsu came around, it wasn't, it, there was no five belts. It was, it was originally a, uh, a white belt and a blue belt. Didn't, you know? he, didn't Helio Gracie get rid of his like black belt and like, or white belt for like years because he was protesting the belt system? Yeah, he, I read he, that uh, somewhere. Yeah, I've read that somewhere too. Um, he protested it for some for some. Uh, th- there was a huge political uh, thing that in the in that at that time. Um, but as we started getting closer, we started debuting. You know, that's when he was like, "Okay, we need to uh, start adding levels to kind of separate people." Which that was kind of later on in the two thousands. But kind of going into that, took they actually took that concept out of judo. And when they did that, that's where that concept came in. But judo has more belts than jujitsu does. Um, uh, if you do the, the Kodokan, which is a Kyojo Kano, Dr. Kyojo Kano is a style, right? For the judo players, it goes white, yellow, orange, green. And then it gets the three levels of brown belt. And then you got black belt, right? And judo. And for jujitsu, you got the white, pur- white, blue, purple, brown, black. Right. And then you got coral and then you got the two different corals. Um, and then you have uh, red belt, which is the highest. So they, again, they copy, they kind of took that concept and go from there. And later on down the road, that's when they made kid belts because it wasn't scalable. Okay. So that's where the, the yellow or the gray, the yellow, the orange and the green came in. So they pretty much took the minus the gray belt. They pretty much took, uh, and then this is my thought on it. Yeah. Uh, they took the judo belt system and, and they applied overlaid it, to, it on and overlaid kids. it with kits. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So going okay. right into that, and people are going to fact check me. Oh, that no, was on this specific day. I, I don't care. It is just based off of what my understanding is. It is you're going to give me your opinion. That's your opinion. That's fine. Uh, but really, it comes down down to it is when you start jujitsu and the belt systems. When you're a white belt, you start in the first nine to the eight to nine months is truly surviving. Correct. And you're and, and, and surviving goes right into the way you're you're going through those aches and oh, pains yeah. right now. Oh yeah. Um but when you get a new belt, you reset. Right. That just knocked the crap out of my microphone. That's okay. But that's all right. uh, <laughs> later on going <laughs> <laughs> That's how, that's what it feels like to reset, by the way. Actually that's what the first eight to nine months feel like. It feels like <laughs> just constantly <laughs> <laughs> every day just hammering and hammering and hammering uh but you know so just go right into it that the i heard a podcast 
and a while back. And, and really, I completely agree with this. Uh, Chewy Jiu-Jitsu, the podcast, it was amazing going into the instructor going, I forget his name, but it was an amazing podcast going into it because you're looking at the eight, the first eight to nine months, that's your survival. But it's not, it's, you're surviving, not the round. You're surviving on pressure. You're surviving right. on how to how to not cardio tap, how to not pressure tap, how to not, you know, tap. Well, you're going to tap in general. Yes, that's, that's your oh, learning yeah. tool. Yeah. Right. But then you got those other concepts. And the other part is, is you're understanding the system. Correct. So when you're going into the system process and then now you're going down that rabbit hole of, OK, now I understand my positions. Now I can go through and I can start hitting some sweeps mm-hmm. at this point. It's like, OK, I understand how to recover, how to recover mm-hmm. guard how to get out of that bad position. Now I can sweep them. And then you get that excited point. I got on top. And then you get excited. You go, and then you realize I'm on top. And then it doesn't matter. You're back on bottom. And you're like, oh crap, I'm back on bottom. (laughs) And then that, that there's that gratification of, aha, how did did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen? Then you start going right into the realm of sweeping and actually being proactive on the attack well this this you are now starting to separate a little bit from the white belts into the blue belt territory right right and this is roughly about a year year and a half and i tell everyone like with me about a year and a half almost about a little past a year to year and a half depending on how you process everything uh you're looking at the realm of blue belt with me and that's where i look at it um and so it's it's not a it's a snow space yeah you just take take your time with it um, and then you're looking at the, the blue bill is that, is that an experimental phase, right? You're going on a journey, you're going down the road, what you really like, you kind of add on to it, you know, what you like from here, it'd be this guard, half guard, Z guard, uh, Dele Hiva, whatever the, all the different, you know, all these other different st- uh, different types because of what, how it works with your body type is typically what you're going to gravitate towards, you know, I'm five foot six, I'm 195 pounds. So it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to be playing Spider Guard. You know what I mean? You know, I like Dela Hiva. I like right. Single Leg X. I like Ashigarami. You know, when it comes to, uh, I, I really like Half Guard. So Half Guard is one of my favorite things. And then you, well, by the time you go through this, you're in this, ex, you're, you're like, you left high school. Mm-hmm. You graduated high school. Now you're in college. Mm-hmm. You're in junior college. And now you're in, exper- you're in an experimental phase. <laughs> Right. And that's all I'm going to say with that. Keep it PG. Gotta keep it clean for the kids. <laughs> and then it's going in, into that point and you're, you're, in, and you're figuring things out. And then when you go in the purple belt realm, now you're at that, you're at a different, you're at a different level now. Cause now you're into, okay, well, I have well, the purple belt means you have, you are pretty much a black belt level position, black belt level attacks, because that's like your primary bread and butter. You're working on a, 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 a game. This is your game. You develop the game at this point. What do you really like? Well, now you're starting to add on to what your, what your game is. So you're focusing on your strengths while working on your weaknesses. And when you start becoming a, and you know, this is your journey. Now you're going really down the deeper rabbit hole because everyone typically quits at blue belt. Um, so, yeah, something like a ninety percent drop off or something like that. Yeah, between, it's like, huge. Blue belt and purple belt, like you, you mentioned, uh, you called it. Uh, what was it? The blue belt it, blues. The blue belt blues, yeah, and you just yeah, go yeah. through it going. Uh, and those are the guys that you know they 
they, the instructors either are not able to verbalize their expectations well enough to that person, mm-hmm. uh, or they, or they're mentally struggling because they're going to hit that wall. Well, right? I also think, I think, and, and you know what, I have no idea about any of this because I'm not there. I'm still in survival mode and dear God, I haven't done anything yet. I'm still in that space. But, um, um, I look at it as. And it go, I think it goes, I do, I think it goes back to this whole delayed gratification thing. Like, I, I don't think anybody can do it. I don't say anybody. I think the number of people who can do something that at the beginning you get a lot of claps for and you get a lot of celebration, but at the end there'll be nobody and it'll just be you. And that's a really, like, lonely realization is that at the if, if the black belt in jiu-jitsu is the thing you want to get, okay, fine, cool, but... <laughs> there's not going to be anybody clapping there at the end of that road. And well, there will very... be just in a different way. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and well, and it parallels. It parallels, and, and again, this is where I parallel it to. I parallel it to entrepreneurship. You know, when I started this business back in 2013, there was a lot of claps. There was a lot of enjoyment. There was a lot of happiness. I am nine, almost ten years down this road now. And there's very few claps and there's very little happiness and there's a lot of like, well, you know, what have you done for me lately and what are you going to do next? Mm-hmm. Which is cool. That's fine. Um, I think jujitsu is the same way. I think it's the same parallel. And, you know, getting your blue belt in entrepreneurship is pretty much what happens in like year three to four of entrepreneurship where you have to decide like am i going to scale and if i do scale dear god like this is going to suck because you have to layer on a new challenge to yourself um and the thing in jujitsu at least what i've seen and you know again from blue belts i've seen floating around and from folks i've talked to um i think the biggest thing is and you can disagree with me because you've seen more of this than i have but i think the biggest thing is for americans there's no hand holding at the blue belt level you have to figure it out on your own. Like you are going to sink or swim with or without the instructor. And if the instructor helps you, great, cool, awesome. But if your instructor doesn't help you, it's still on you to sink or swim. And I think that if you have a mindset that is more collaborative um, and more interested in sort of everybody... Oh, people are going to hate me on this, but they already hate me on the UFC thing. So what the heck? I'll go for this thing. If you have an everybody gets a trophy mindset, you're you're going to fall off. You just don't. Well, yeah, and well, it's it's either going to fall off or you're going to wake up. So the biggest yeah. thing is what I love about um, what I love about jujitsu as a whole is you either win or you learn, and that goes right to like for me because I'm a brown belt. Right. right. So where I'm at, I'm in the polish stage of just trying to figure out what I really like. Yeah. And uh, like, I like hitting people on the planet. I like, I like being on top. I like make people being uh, suffocating. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact, if they're a bigger guy, I don't want them on top of me. Right. So I'm going to do everything I can to prevent them from being on top. Yeah. However, you need to also dulge in those areas to where, what is your strength versus what is your weaknesses, what works, what doesn't for you, and then make it yours. It's not right. Go back to the very beginning. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's different. It's okay. Cause yep. what you do in your journey for jujitsu is not going to be the same thing for me. And you've heard me say that in class. Right. 
Well, and I, I could already see it just even just again, and this is where reflection and journaling is, is good for leaders. And this is where reflection is journaling and journaling is good for anybody who is in any combat sport uh, or not combat sport, combat practice. Um, I'm beginning not to put together a game that's not even close to being it. But it's the analysis of the self that is the key thing. It's the analysis of the drivers. It's the analysis of, okay, <clears throat> this is your overall doctrine. That's fine. These are the, these are the various tactics you're learning. That's fine. I even wrote this in my jiu-jitsu journal the other day. Can you put together a not, not a series of tactics? Forget that. <laughs> Can you put together two in a row? <laughs> Let's just start with that. Can you do two things in a row against anybody in a in a in a uh, omoplata? Can you in a, in a role? Can you put together two things in a row and flow with that other person? If you can do that, and you're in a three minute role, you know you're doing tower. You're in a three minute role. You're in a five minute role. Whatever, and then the rest of it, the other eighty percent of it, is just survival. Take the twenty and walk away. Take the twenty percent. You just—that's a win. I don't think you. I don't think that people are wired in that way anymore. I, I think people used to be for sure. Take the twenty percent and call it a win. Well, as a but, culture, as a culture, I think it's starting to. Yeah, yeah. I think it shifted as, a long as a time culture. ago. Yeah, I, I think it shifted a long time ago because now it's if I can't get a hundred percent, then I'm out. And that okay, well then you're not going to get a hundred. The first ten minutes, you're not going to get a hundred percent. Heck, you're not going to by the belt system or you know just by practice, you're not going to get a hundred percent for geez, nine years. I guess well, nine, it might, it might it's take longer than that. It really depends, right? And it, it and it really depends on your instructor. It really depends on on the actual because uh, my instructor always talks about follow the plan. You know, listen mm-hmm. to the plan, follow your plan. Uh, it it just goes into what you're able to input and like take out of it when the instruction is given. Mm-hmm. And there, there's anything that you do in life. There's three levels. You have people that can teach and be decent. Mm-hmm. You have people that are really good but are decent instructors. Um, and then you have, or simply cannot teach. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you got that. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then, then you have the one, which is fine. You know, it's just like, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm just an athlete. I don't teach. Right. And it's like, all right, cool. Power to you. You, that, you know that. Right. And <clears throat> some people, they, they get a reality check and their ego gets so hit so hard. You're going, what was that about? And then going into the last concept of you have a good hybrid that are both good competitors, good athletes, and good teachers. And good teachers. So, yeah. We're going to talk about ego in a minute, but back to the book, Broken Rhythm from the Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee. Uh, page 62 in my version, by the way. Um, uh, Josh has the exact same version, but his is a bestseller with 700 and some odd thousand copies sold. Mine was a bestseller with 598,000 copies sold. So I have a more original edition of the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, I guess. Or or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what I've got going on here, but uh, definitely got something going on here. So when you pick up your copy, you will see, hopefully the pagination will be the same. 
but uh, this is back in the section that talks about qualities of a Jeet Kune Do player. Broken Rhythm. Ordinarily, two fighters of equal ability can follow each other's movements, and unless there is a considerable difference in speed, they are very likely to stalemate each other. The movements of attacking and defending work almost in rhythm with each other. They have a sequential relationship which makes the proper timing of each movement dependent on the previous movement. Although there is a slight advantage in the initiative of the attack, it must be backed by superior speed in order to land successfully. However, when the rhythm is broken, speed is no longer the primary element in the success of the attack or counterattack of the man who has broken the rhythm. If the rhythm has been well established, there is a tendency to continue in the sequence of the movement. In other words, each man is motor set to continue the sequence. The man who can break this rhythm by a light hesitation or an unexpected movement can now score an attack or counterattack with only moderate speed. His opponent is motor set to continue with the previous rhythm and before he can adjust himself to the change he has been hit. That is why the stroke on time is usually a pretty stroke, for it seems to catch its victim flat-footed. Timing has to be felt and mastered as a psychological problem, even more than as a fighting problem, for the breaking of the rhythm lies on the fact that the victim is going to continue for a fraction of a second in the sequence of movements which has suddenly been interrupted. Sometimes timing involves attacking with many threatening movements, feints. If the defender accepts this rhythm and attempts to parry these various threats, then a slight hesitation will break the rhythm and provide the opportune moment to launch the final attack. On other occasions, when your opponent is in the midst of making advances or threatening movements on his own account, you may succeed in breaking the rhythm by first apparently reacting as he expects and then suddenly launching a counterattack when he thinks you should be following the feint. You should land, for he is motor set to continue with his threats and cannot adjust himself to the necessity of parrying until after you have scored. In general, timing here means that you initiate your attack or movement when your opponent has started preparation of an attack. Thus, timing becomes a question of taking advantage of the slightest interval before he can readjust himself to make a parry. This applies everywhere, and the reason why I'm bringing this up for leaders is timing is everything. So interesting too when you think about it because you hear you. I'm just making a side comment because it was this. I just remember all watching all the documentaries about Bruce Lee and hearing people talk about him and everything. That dude legit had a, an actual spider sense. He had it, he, he legitly did. And for what people say, his he was there and he just felt your energy about to go through. We're going to be cliche and just go with, with oh, key. Yeah. And, and he just felt what you were about to do. And he already pop, pop, pop. Yep. He already opened you up like a, and folded you like a wallet. <laughs> so it's just one of those things to where you're like, bro, he has a, a natural act of figuring it out before it happens. And if you want to look at it in the correlation of jujitsu as a whole as well, um, let's take it back for when you and I rolled. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The last time you and I rolled, you asked me, what are you doing that is, is there's something you're doing and I'm, I'm seeing it, but I'm not understanding it. And my, you looked at me so dumbfounded when I said, I was like, I'm feeling what you're doing. So I know what you're about to do. Right. And you were, you looked at me and went, I hate you. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Fine. <laughs> but I mean, that's the, that's the only answer to that. Fine. Thank you. I uh, know I will not have another. <laughs> let me go. Let me go write that down. <laughs> go think about that. And, but no, and, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you're doing something. And I feel that movement coming in. You're shifting to where, like, now my t- timing goes into where now I can I can capitalize on that timing or start moving and try to capitalize on it. Well, I okay. So I'm going to use this as a very a very minimal example here of the exact same thing. So we I had a meeting with a person who might be a potential client yesterday from a, a large organization, right? Uh, with another individual who I've never worked with before. I don't know this individual, right? But he's a professional offering a professional service in a space similar to mine. So we're both kind of talking with this client, right? Because we both want to work with this individual and they wanted to talk to both of us. And the level of flow that I was able to establish with the client and then with that other party while he was saying things and I was anticipating what he was going to say and then he actually said it or I was anticipating what she was going to say. And by the way, this is a client from a totally different culture of a totally different part of the world, right? Um, but even the words that she picked, I was able to go, oh, I know what they're, I, I was able to make those correlations, like the, 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 the synapses are firing and she's talking about leadership and she's talking about her staff and she's talking about the things that are going on in her culture and the things that are frustrating her with her senior leadership and yada, yada, yada. And the guy's talking about these things that he can do and what he, his experiences are. And I'm flowing between all, between both of them. It is, and it's the exact same thing that if you had been sitting in that conversation with me, you'd have been like, what did you just say to those people? Like, I don't know what just happened there. Mm-hmm. And, and I would have said exactly the same thing to you that you had said to me after the role. But like, I, I don't, because I just know, I just know. You know the system. I know the system. Mm-hmm. But I know the system after doing it for, like I said, almost 10 years. And then even before that, um, you know, 20 years in higher education. So like, I've got like, what, let's be conservative. I've got 15 to 20 years behind me of just seeing the patterns, just seeing the patterns over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. Um, seeing the timing over and over and over again in interpersonal communication interactions. And by the way, yes, I know everybody interpersonal communicates. That's what we're doing right now in the podcast. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, seeing it and being intentional about pushing people in a particular direction and in using language in a particular direction to, to gain or to engender a particular response and then activating on that response. That's verbal jujitsu. I learned a ton of that stuff from doing conflict management and mediation work, a ton of that stuff from doing negotiation work, because what that work does is it forces you as a person to pay attention to what the other person is doing to pay attention to where their mind is going. Just like in jiu-jitsu, it forces you to pay attention to where their body is going. Uh-huh. And at a certain point, sure, I'll, 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 I will roll with Josh again in, like I said, in nine years, and he'll have nine years on me, and he'll just be nine years better, and it'll be great, it'll be fine, and he'll still know more than what I know, and he'll still be rolling, <laughs> he'll still be able to roll me over, and it'll be ridiculous. And the thing that will happen, the thing that will happen over time is, I will get better and better at sensing those things. And there's a shirt I have that says iron sharpens iron, iron sharpens iron in that, in that respect, right? The other dynamic that's going on in this, and I want to relate it to leadership here, is when Lee talks about breaking rhythm, this is even in the space of launching a product to a market or launching a new idea. Um, my second book. I'll use my, my second book as an example. Second book. The title of my second book is called My Boss Doesn't Care. 100 Essays on Disrupting Your Workplace by Disrupting Your Boss. Right behind me there. Uh, the little red book. That book I released in 2016. That book was way, way too freaking early. 
<laughs> I sold like. Two Are we doing books a, of, a new ad campaign coming up? Soon? Well, you know what? I, you know, I sold two books a month. I don't have to. It's moving right now <laughs> because guess what? Now it's on time. Before it was too early. I read the I read the tea leaves and I jumped too early. And sometimes you jump too late. It is really hard to be on time. It is really hard because there's a ton of dynamics that are going on in leadership. There's a ton of dynamics that are going on in the market. Product market fit is one of the hardest things for a startup to get or any kind of business to get because you cannot anticipate the market because there's too many variables, just like in jujitsu, just like in life, just like in leadership. There are too many variables. So pick the variables that you want to work on your timing on and flow with those. Mm. That's that's my only thought there. Timing is everything. That and as we get ready to round the corner on our clothes here, you got to kill the ego, right? We've kind of danced around this and danced around this and danced around this. Let's hit it. Let's let's hit it. Let's talk about the ego. (sighs) Jiu-Jitsu kills ego as a whole. Yes, it does. (laughs) You know, let's talk about it too because you've seen it to where people come and go. Oh, yeah. And you'll see it to where – as a, as a whole, you'll see that they start getting into it, right? And they got this, I'm going to beat my chest mentality, like, don't go smash. And I'm going, and yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and that, that kind of goes right into it. And, you know, Thinking back to it as well, you know, talking to like, you know, my wife specifically, you know, saying, mm-hmm. uh, are you not worried about other people going into the process? Like, no, I, and if you think about it, when the most dangerous individuals in jujitsu are not, and anyone that's listening right now that goes through it, has been around for a little bit, are not the black belts, are not the brown belts are not the purple belts some are blue belts depends on the blue belt it's primarily though the white belts it's the spazzy white belts i've can't i've come home so many times with a black eye with a dent in my in my cheek from uh, just getting hit with an elbow you know or you know my shoulders all scratched up because of the fighting and everything else and uh, I, I, one time I was at a, I was at a, an invite smash pit, animal house smash pit. It's, it's my, my friend, that whole, he has a giant shed in his backyard and it's mm-hmm. invite only. Mm-hmm. And this guy is an animal giant dude, beautiful personality, beautiful human being, old school jujitsu. Oh, okay. Does not care about your feelings. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> and it's just so beautiful to roll with him, and you're going yes. And then at the end of it, you think is oh yeah, because it's just you know because like you, I got music playing at the academy. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I got music playing, and it's diverse mm-hmm. to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've clearly we've had, had discussions about the diversity of music. It's I fine. Just it's don't, all right. It's all right. I'm moving. I, up. I don't. It, it, again, it's ten years. It's fine. I'll, I'm moving up the hierarchy. It's ten years. It's okay. I, <laughs> I'll bide my time. One day. 
I'll I'll one play day. with my Rage Against the Machine. All right. One day. Bye. <laughs> I'm buying uh, my time. Just one day. <laughs> and then silently hanging out in the back. Just just remember, he's lurking in the back. <laughs> he's lurking. Absolutely. Back <laughs> absolutely. I think the fun part is too, because there won't be not uh, there won't be any music playing in his in his shed. Yeah, every oh, once in a while he'll he'll every once in a while he'll play music, but he's a seasoned competitor. Yeah, yeah, he's a seasoned competitor. He's a two-time world champion, you know, and he he knows what he's doing. Very good at what he does. And his mind goes, "You're not going to have that in a tournament, right? Music's not going to be playing in the background where you hear ACDC just go." Dun, da, da. you know you just hit you're going just i don't know or corn starts playing like da, da. you start headbanging with the rift or whatever right and he's he's, he's all about that. taking away all the crutches just take away all the crutches mm-hmm. because we got to get that's exactly what it is we got to get it and, we gotta get to the core thing yep and so that kind of goes right to the point to where um is the nicest guy in the world. And it kind of goes into this process too. And you've heard me talk about this as well. And this is more, more recent because I'm, because uh, I'm starting to get more, more heavy on the competitive level myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you get used to round Robin tournaments and you get used to getting a second chance mm-hmm. versus when you're in an IBJJF tournament or JJF tournament, you don't get a second chance sometimes. So it's just one of those things that you got to go. And that was a good learning experience for me recently when it comes to that and adopt it more and more. And it's been, you know, three going on four months now from that tournament. And you've, you've personally seen my, my mental switch too, because when we do this, yep, we clack and nut. I'm not all right. And let's go. Yep. Yep. Let's dial it. Well, and that again, and that goes with, We're talking about the consistency ego, the e- of the ego. Right. Well, the ego is so, so sneaky. Mm. Uh, it's like resistance, right? Like resistance is sneaky, you know. Um, I don't want to, you know, get up at 430 in the morning to go to the gym. Uh, you know, I'll get up at 445. Oh, it's okay. You get up at 450. Oh, it's okay. You get up at five o'clock. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. And then, you know, five days later, you've blown your entire wad and it's gone. Like it's your your whole discipline is, is gone. That's e- that's resistance. That's resistance. Your ego says, "Oh, I'll get up at four forty-five. It'll be fine." And then you hit the thing and you go, "Well, screw it. I didn't need to get up." That's the ego. That's the ego. And so, ego, pride, resistance. Um, Jiu-Jitsu exists, and most, again, most combat arts that are about going and doing, not doing, but being combat, as, as Bruce Lee would say, versus just doing it, like you're talking about your friend, he's actually in the combat space. He is a combatant. That dude's a warrior. Leave that dude alone. That dude's a warrior. Stay the heck away from him. You don't want to bother with him. You don't want to muck with him. Just leave him alone. You, you you don't have enough game to walk up to him and deal with him. Matter of fact, people who are professional warriors probably don't have enough game to walk up and deal with that dude. They probably leave him alone. Okay, fine. 
uh, if you are a nurse or you are a um, or you are a person who's a druggist or a pharmacist or you're a person who's walking off the street and you're a college student, if you're somebody who is just doing this as something to fulfill your 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 in between, I got to get fit fitness routine. Uh, there's plenty of other options um, than than jujitsu, but if you're a person who wants to get your ego broken and wants to find out something else that's in there after you break your ego, this will do it. It'll do it. And you will have to subsume your ego. And by the way, it won't always happen in a role. Usually, and this is the, this is the subversive thing about jiu-jitsu that no one says, <laughs> and I haven't seen it written anywhere, you actually get your ego subsumed and you actually get your ego, your ego starts being broken the second you step in and you say, okay, I'm gonna play. The second you raise your hand and you say, I'm ready. Let's go play. That's the beginning of the cracking of the ice on your ego. Um, and it is the same thing with leadership, by the way. I made this point in my book, 12 Rules for Leaders. You, When you raise your hand to be a leader, that's when the ego starts getting broken. And the leadership that fails and the leaders that fail, because leadership is a behavior and leaders are people, when that leadership um, behavior fails and when that leader fails it's because they could not break the ego they didn't want to allow it their pride and their arrogance and their stubbornness and their resistance just wouldn't allow it and then the whole team fails and the whole thing goes off the rails at the end here we've talked for a good time good long time this has been a good conversation um Gonna get the audio out here fairly soon, so that's coming. Is stay tuned. Um, but uh, as we round the corner on our conclusion, you know, I talk. I, I have a whole bunch of ideas about staying on the path. What would you tell leaders, Josh, to keep them on the leadership path here about BJJ, about MMA, about the the, the combat arts? Um, how can these be helpful for leaders to stay on the path of leadership or even just get on it uh, at a good on-ramp? So there's a, uh, there's, uh, there's an equation, greater, equal to, less than. All right, let's use the, let's use the numbers of three, mm -hmm. right? It's easiest, it's easiest way to, to break something down. It's easiest way to try to converse into numbers numbers, right? Mm -hmm. So you have people that you're ch chasing, right? You got three people that you idolize and you want, you want what they want. That's the greater than that's your mentor. That's your life coach. That's your instructor, you know, uh, you know, going right into someone that knows something in a different field way better than you. And that's something you're changing, chasing, right? The equal to is someone that is on the same playing field as you in your specific style or a specific business model or wherever the case may be. And you're building each other up, not putting each other down. And then you have the less than that. Now the less than does not make them weaker. doesn't make them inferior. doesn't make them, you know, uh, unequipped or ill-equipped with the, the matter. It, it goes into, the fact of they're learning, like they don't know nothing. So you're mentoring that person, 
right? And you're helping them to become equally understandable with you, right? And that goes right into, so as a leader, we have to understand that I do not have a cap. So when we have... So when we have someone that we we look up to, we want what they have, we chase it, right? So I'm I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z enthusiast, like enthusiastic person about Dragon Ball Z. And this is a great way of looking at, for those that are huge Dragon Ball Z fan fan freaks like me, Mm -hmm. you go into, uh, you go into the concept of, think about Goku, every time he goes in, he's always looking for a fight. Mm -hmm. And think about this, He, he just says this, oh man, He's got that man. He sounds crazy strong. I can't wait to fight him. You psychopath! <laughs> Just got told that he, he can kill you. I know it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> so that's the that's the greater then. Yeah. And then you got uh, and you got the guys that are on the equal playing field, and you're just beating the brakes off each other in class. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, for so let's look at it on as a martial art level. My instructor, I had multiple different instructors in, in multiple different arts, and I'm chasing them to get to where they are to understand their mind and their their theory, the thesis of what they're trying to teach. And so, what's my intent? Right, or the practicality of what where I'm going and the punctuality of what I'm looking at. It's the in reality goes into I want what they want. Mm-hmm. I want what they want or they have, and I'm, I have to take these steps. So I have where I'm at on jujitsu guys, people didn't understand about jujitsu as a whole to where a white belt can tap a black belt. So here's the ego check. That black belt didn't take that white belt very serious. And that white belt took that advantage to essentially commit murder yoga. Right. Yeah. And just yeah. go in and just go in because this is the greatest meme I've, I've seen. It was one of those things to where you're locking up. You got two stripes on your white belt. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling pretty confident, man. No, no, no let's out the ante. You're a four star. You have four tabs. Four, tabs. four tabs on four, four, four tabs tab on white belt. belt. <laughs> like, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Brand new guy comes in. About to call that that war, but yeah, right. Yeah, war tr- that war horn has been blown. Yep, <laughs> has no idea that he's an all-state American wrestler. Right, he has no idea that the guy is a is a high-level black belt in judo. Has no idea, and he has this thought process. Goes, I got a, I, yeah, yeah, I got fourteen tournaments under my belt. Where this guy's got state titles and everything else. Just doesn't know it. I've done that to people <laughs> to where it was like <laughs> if i have them going into where it's like i know that this person is going to get a wake-up call from this guy i've done it to people knowing what their background is going all right yeah this would be a good fight between you two rex you ever do that to me i will give me a mess give me a mess later on and it's just i but i know i see what you're doing no i i see why yeah because it goes right, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah," and and 
I felt like the the stupid rated Godzilla when they were like doing this when they're running. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They're doing a head bobble. <laughs> and very, dumbest, dumbest variation, dumbest <laughs> variation of Godzilla. But um, so you got your greater than, you got your equal to, where you're just beating you the brains out of you, and then you got your less than. So like for me, like so I'm chasing my instructor the greater than. Mm-hmm. On the equal plateau, I have my my teammates at my level that we're grinding and we're we're playing it out we're invo- we're loving what we're doing we're in love with the process because when you fall in love with the process you actually grow that's right and then when you go through on the on the less than you got everyone that's under you that you're trying to build up to an understanding of where you are because mm-hmm. you and, and it's happened to me on the mat just duh, i drive jordan mad when i do this and you've seen it uh, I've done it to a handful of people. It just happens because then you start going to a, a, a rabbit hole. Got mm-hmm. you know, you're yep. right down the rabbit hole. Oh, you got this. You got this. Got this. Got this. Got this. Got this. Got this. Yeah. This, and 20 this. minutes later, Jordan's like, "But I don't. I just want to know the one thing. Want to know the one thing. Sorry. Sorry. You just have so many different options that you play with, and you know, the experience goes into when you watch a high level black belt or someone that has a lot of time experiencing. He'll stay in that position. He goes. I have 27 things here. Right. Just from here. And then he moves on. You're going, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so as a leader, you know, now how am I can correlate with the leadership understanding? You're, you're a brand new guy in a field that you don't know nothing. How can you turn, how can you defer someone that's super toxic versus someone that is not super toxic right because that mm-hmm. super toxic person in a work environment is going to get you in a world of trouble absolutely how do you deter that though my personal opinion is the one that no one really hangs around mm-hmm. he's the lone wolf he's the guy that everyone doesn't like because he's good at his job mm-hmm. and you're like hey what are you doing here oh you just do this what are you serious? Yeah. All right. And then you build a relationship with them. And then, and then when you have people trying to just like, Hey, what? No, don't hang out with that guy. No, they're trying to bring you down to their level. Right. And they, they are scared of that guy. Reality is this guy over here that knows what he's doing and he's giving all away the dirty ninja secrets mm-hmm. and he's just giving away for no money cost. He's like, I tell my students who wants to learn secret ninja magic. Right. <laughs> you know and going into that final step you know man they're teaching it into it's like you and i were going to have that conversation here tonight Mm -hmm. about stuff that i'm trying to personally trying to figure out myself right you don't ask people that don't know what they're doing you ask people that you know what they're doing yeah and you build a relationship with that person you can tell when you guys are oh i was as soon as i find out someone was high school prom king or high school whatever i go all right you are all about popularity i don't really don't i quite frankly don't like you right i quite frankly don't like you just to begin with because you're doing this right you're puffing and yourself for, up. you're puffing yourself up yeah. and you know and start doing this well, sh- wait a minute. Well, 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 there's, there's. Okay. Now, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll, Al, I'll, I'll Al Bundy, Al Bundy, 
or the guy who played Al Bundy. He apparently has a black belt in jujitsu. Apparently, he's oh, he's super for like years. good. Oh yeah, apparently that dude is that has a world title in trash talking, and he has a world like he's legit legit black belt. That's amazing to me. By the way, when I found that, I was like, Al Bundy, the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. He's legit the biggest trash talker in the world, and he's super good at it. And he's a guy that can back it up. That's what's so great about it. So now let me elaborate on the guys that puff their chest and they yeah, the guys the whole thing here. Out. Yeah, you know, there's a difference between going, you know, no, I, I can do this because when yeah. I do this, I cause a reaction for this to happen. Right. right. So I know the system well enough to where if I do this, which in a live role, if I have you stirred a certain way, I'm hitting you with the planet. Yeah. You know, it's if I got to create the off balance. Right. Right. When you know your job, you know your job. People hate you because you know your job. Mm-hmm. And then you've either done one or two things and where failure is a first attempt at learning and you're going right into one quality of people either don't like you for one or two reasons. One, they don't like your personality or two, they hit they're, they're scared of you. And as an, so as a leader, you have to be scared. You don't have to be scared, be willing and being ready to be the guy that everyone doesn't like. And, you know, for me, I learned from a harsh lesson from being a kid, you know, in the military, you were trying to try to try to make shit up to go through and be, uh, be something you're not because you're trying to fit in. And then when you come to the realization that I just don't care mm-hmm. about fitting in, I'm just going to be myself. Then they actually weed themselves out and you'll find out who your trend friends are. Yeah. And quite honest, the ones that actually randomly call me are the ones that actually give a crap about me. I got a dude, his name's Adrian and he calls me and I do not talk to this guy for months. And then I get a random phone call from him and I have a, he changes his number quicker than anything else. <laughs> and I had a phone call from this guy, him, him and I are one of those guys. that's a love hate relationships. Yeah. Very, very, very arrogant, very, very mouthy, arrogant person. But he's super confident on, on his ability just to be who he is. Mm-hmm. Kind of one of those. That's why it's a love hate relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And just goes in. <laughs> I got a, voicemail for me up going hey man miss you at the the family reunion you know yeah give me a call back when uh, you, you want to catch up five minutes later he gets a text message saying, i don't want to talk to you at this very moment right. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just, he's from houston so he has like that deep houston accent so he's just yeah. like Go, uh, hey, pull it, pull it. <laughs> Gotta yeah, catch up soon. And you're going over here going, no, shaking your head. It's like, I don't want to talk to you at this very moment because you no. just, you, you, your, your personality just frustrated me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been, um, this has been a genuine pleasure. We've, we've covered a lot of different areas. Uh, this has been a good, uh, wrap up for our month where we looked at the great writers um, in the uh, in the martial combat, uh, not just art, but practice um, tradition. 
we start off with the Tao Jeet Kune Do, or not, sorry, not the Tao Jeet Kune Do, we start off with the Book of Five Rings, uh, moved on to Sun Tzu's The Art of War, uh, rounded the corner with Living the Martial Way, and now we are at the end with the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. And so I would like to thank Josh Poland for coming on our podcast today. That was, it was a great conversation talking about jiu-jitsu and life and leadership. Where can people get a hold of you? Where can people find you if they want to stay on the path with, with you? Where can people find Poland's MMA? Um, I'm, I'm in Granbury, Texas, and you look for Poland's Mixed Martial Arts uh, in Granbury, Texas. Uh, the address is 2137 East Highway 377. Uh, landmark to keep an eye out for is Carrie's Diner, Historical Diner. Beautiful, beautiful staff, beautiful food. Mm, the oatmeals. Uh, and, <laughs> and then you got, uh, you got Alex's Pizza right down the hall. And it's pure Manhattan pizza. So it's just like super good food, good pizza. Stupid greasy, but it's really good. All right. All, um, my, all, my, all my New York listeners are going to go, you don't know. They're going to be yelling. You, you don't, don't know, know Manhattan. You don't know. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel the the back raking of the wrist right now, and <laughs> you know because most of New York are Italians. So yeah, yeah, all, oh yeah, they're doing this. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't get a good pizza here, from what I understand. <laughs> but but Alex's pizza he, is good. Alex's pizza is good. Yeah, I he's legit a New Yorker. That he's yes. a legit New Yorker, yes. and goes and you hear that thick New York accent, and you're like, ah, he's legit. That guy's legit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can find me, uh, find me there. Um, I teach everywhere from ages three and up. Um, I primarily utilize a martial arts self-defense and in a combative way, I'm not mm. a sports style. I do, I do teach the sport concepts you understand. Mm. Um, I'm a combative self-defense school, um, primarily. Um, and then as well as I use a martial arts to develop leadership concepts and i think that's also probably why you also invited me to the to the podcast as well because exactly. uh um, i teach through the martial arts i utilize the martial arts to develop public speaking life skills and leadership training to give them something other than uh kick block punch mentality uh as well as developing the the art of verbal judo there you go and, um by the way i'm gonna say this last bit mm-hmm. every American or every person rather around the world needs to have the art of war, the five rings, and above all else, you know, a way on how to read a compass because you don't know how to read a compass. But there's an issue. That last part is just more of a, of a funny bit. You know, hey, why you read a compass? Open. Because you it's need like, you need to know where your true north is. <laughs> you do, because you go through, it's like, oh, that's south. No, that is no. where the sun sets, <laughs> smart guy. So as I close here, again, I want to thank Josh for coming on the podcast. We will have links to uh, Poland's MMA, his website, and uh, his location, uh, and ways, of course, for you to connect with him on Facebook. Uh, which he is on, and on Instagram, which he is on. So we'll have all those links in the player below, in the in the area, the show notes uh, below the player. It'll be short show notes this week, so you'll be able to get through them really quickly and uh, get a hold of Josh and figure out how he can help you stay 
on the leadership path or get on the leadership path. For my part, anyway, um, how do leaders get out there? How do they get on the path? How do they stay on the path? Well, there's three different things you can take from our conversation today about the Tao of Jeet Kune Do and our conversation with with uh, with uh, with Josh and how everything sort of links together. Um, the first big thing is leaders destroy their own egos. You know, this requires getting humble, uh, getting a mindset shift, getting self-awareness. Uh, by the way, uh, something that helps get self-awareness, journaling, uh, writing things down, figuring out the the figuring out the bridge between your doctrine and your tactics um i think the second thing that we figured out today is leaders understand that how you see matters more than what you're actually looking at uh the mindset the how matters more than the what the actual material thing now don't get me wrong the material thing is very important but how you're looking at it how you're looking at the obstacle how you're looking at the challenge uh, whether that challenge is in a jiu-jitsu role or whether that challenge is in launching a product to a market, how you look at that challenge matters more than the challenge itself. And leaders who are not only on the path but are attempting to stay on the path, well, they look at the how more often than the what. The third thing we can take today from our conversation for leaders staying on the path is leaders understand that open-handedness and the closed fist are both important for establishing a foundation of success. Sometimes you have to be, as someone else would say, who's infamous in this podcast space, sometimes you have to be default aggressive. But sometimes, sometimes it's okay to also be indirect, the open hand and the closed fist. But you have to apply the right tactic in the right moment that backs up the particular strategy that acts as a bridge going back to your doctrine that supports what you're doing. And so be ethical right? Be disciplined, be motivated, but also be intentional and be aware. Staying on the path is not easy and it is not something for everyone. So think clearly, think candidly, and think courageously before you step out onto the leadership path. Once again, thank you, Josh, for coming on the Leadership Lessons from the Great Books podcast. Thank you for all who are watching on the live stream today. And of course, if you're watching this on video later on, please like and subscribe to our channel right here at HSCT Publishing. And of course, tell all your friends about the Leadership Lessons from the Great Books podcast everywhere where you listen to podcasts. And well... That's it for me. Listen and subscribe to the Leadership Lessons from the Great Books podcast on all the major podcast players that you listen to, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and of course, Spotify. And leave a five-star review if you like the Leadership Lessons from the Great Books podcast. Look, we need those reviews to grow, and it's the easiest way that you can help us actually grow this show. And of course, tell all your friends. If you want to get started down the leadership path, uh, our products at, from HSCT Publishing can help you and your team do that. So check out our training webinars, our coaching services, and more at leadershiptoolbox.us. And check out our video-based subscription service at leadingkeys.com. We've got books that will help you and your team grow. So pick up a copy today of My Boss Doesn't Care. 100 Essays on Disrupting Your Workplace by Disrupting Your Boss, 
and subscribe to the Little Red podcast we launched earlier this year with the same name as this Little Red book. My Boss Doesn't Care, 100 Essays on Disrupting Your Workplace by Disrupting Your Boss. And of course, pick up my most recent book, 12 Rules for Leaders, The Foundation of Intentional Leadership, written with Bradley Madigan. You're going to want to pick up a copy of that in April 2022. And you can get both of these books in paperback, hardcover, or as ebooks on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, and any other place you order books on demand. Finally, we are on YouTube, or I'm on YouTube, or someone around here is on YouTube. So like and subscribe to the video version of the Leadership Lessons from the Great Books podcast on the HSCT Publishing channel on YouTube. Just search for HSCT Publishing on YouTube and hit the subscribe button to get updates every single time we upload a new video, which we do that at least once a week. And subscribe to the Hassan Sorrells Presents Audio Experience podcast. Yes, I have three podcasts on YouTube where I talk more casually with a wider range of people all about all matters that matter in the world today. Everything from fatherhood to criminal justice, Christianity to artificial intelligence. We cover the entire plethora of things that are floating around in my mind, and that's why it's called an audio experience. All right, well, that's it for me. Out.